successful can't be this successful without haters so <laughs> oh yeah holy shit I, I i gave steve a preview of the notes and yesterday i wasn't even done yet i still was like tweaking you know like the flow of it and stuff like that and steve's reaction was like jesus there's a lot of stuff to talk about yeah there's a lot of fun stuff uh going on in this episode uh so it's probably going to be pretty lengthy yeah um <laughs> And before we get into it, if you listen to the Tropic Thunder episode, the episode before, there was some controversial stuff said. It was on purpose because it's Tropic Thunder, and we were pretty drunk. Yeah, um, for anybody th- who listened to that episode and where they were like, why is Steven talking about uh, Tom Cruise's dick so much? That's what happens when you drink Jägermeister. You talk about Tom, <laughs> you guys don't do that? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it says it on the bottle, right? Yeah, and you drink Jägermeister, you see the deer... And then you see, like, the alcohol, like, percentage, and then it's like, you will talk about Tom Cruise's dick after drinking this. But I'm not going to disrespect this episode by talking about it, um, you know, talking about that for this episode, because th- that was Tropic Thunder. I was, it was supposed to be that way. <laughs> Same so- thing if you listen to our Marilyn Manson episode. It was supposed to be that way. Right. Uh, and then I talked about Donald Trump, Trump rape, raping four people. Obviously, you know, there's no proof of that, or he's done that, but... I mean, kinda. I mean, I guess he's just <laughs> raped like a country, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, but that's your wanted. own thing. I'm not really a poli- politic, politic <laughs> type guy, and I'm, I mean, I really don't care about it. I was just messing around, so yeah, you know. Yet again, that's what Jägermeister does to you in many yeah. beers. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, you know, ambient tweeting. So I, you know, even in my drunkest, <laughs> I don't get racist, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Unlike Roseanne, who lost her fucking show because she could not, because uh, she had like you know tweet diarrhea and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go on Twitter and post all kinds of racist shit about people." But good news, she made Tom Arnold famous again because he's everywhere, just bashing right. the shit out of her, talking about his ex. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> good. For- but did you did you hear that like they were they were talking about trying to possibly keep most of the cast, including John Goodman, and maybe seeing if maybe they could 
like spin it off where like it's not based on Roseanne anymore. Maybe it's based on like Dan and the kids. Yeah, let's have. Uh, let's I'm have, down with that. Let's have uh, the Connor family show. And just have John Goodman be the star, and then have him where he remar- remarries to Katie Siegel. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think the universe would, like, implode if that happened. Because then it would be, like, married with children, you know, across Roseanne, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> Oops. Uh, well, you should have the Niners one. I poured more okay. on that one. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, um, so we're, we're going to go ahead and have a little bit of a, little, uh, bit of a tribute here to Dwight Clark. Uh, one of Steve's favorite players. Rest in peace, Dwight Clark. Rest in peace. Everyone, anyone that can donate to uh, your ALS charities, let's get this, let's try to get this contained because it's just taking too many good people and Dwight Clark's was only 61. That's still so young. Yeah. And uh, taking a great legend and a great person, not just on the field, just football as a 49ers fan, but just knowing things about him being such a big fan that his life was taken away because of this ALS. And uh, this is this is for you, Dwight. Yep. Rest in peace, Dwight. Couldn't have built that Niners empire without you. Uh, yeah. That's what everyone's always focused on in sports. And this isn't a sports show, but let me get this out of the way about what one player can win championships by themselves. The answer is zero. Not one person could do that. Right. <laughs> Unless it's golf. You, you know, one person can do that. Right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, well, also, golf is boring, though. Like, let's just be honest. If you're watching this and you and you like golf and you play golf, cool. That's cool if you're actually doing it. Because then you get to hang out in the course, you get to drink, you know, run around your cart, you know, play with your buddies, that kind of thing. Look, that, whatever you want to do, that's cool. Watching on TV, boring as shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some excitement to it to the people that actually want to do it. Right. With other people, I'm pretty sure that's pretty fun. But actually, it, to me, that's like baseball. Like, watching on TV, I'm like, ah, oh, snooze fest. But if you actually went to a game, I'm pretty sure it's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, we used to go to, uh, uh, you know, back in the day, like when I was a kid, we used to go to uh, baseball games. And the team that we watched was like, it was a feeder team. Uh, for the Cubs, you know, they were like a minor league team for the Cubs. And actually going to the stadium and like getting a hot dog and, you know, enjoying just like the atmosphere of the stadium, way different than watching it on TV. Yeah, you so that's that uh, that's one thing that we uh, baseball does have going is the atmosphere is 100%. You know, you can't really say American anymore because it's not just an American sport. It's a worldwide sport. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of likes it and has embraced the culture of it, which is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're like trying. That's why they're trying to get Japan. football. It's like, oh, you think English people are like it? Yeah, I mean, Americans watch soccer. I mean, we don't, but a yeah, lot of Americans <laughs> watch soccer. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like, I mean, there's there's people in England that are like huge Raiders fans. I mean, there's people you know over there that like the Giants. You know, like so it's a fun sport, and you know there's there's uh you know this isn't the sports podcast though. We'll talk about that at another time. (laughs) Right. We have another podcast we talk about this stuff on, and it's called Beyond the Bay. We don't do as many episodes on that. Those are just special episodes. Yeah. If you guys want to check it out and see what it sounds like, go and listen to that. And if you have any questions about any of it, um, email us at beyondthehate at yahoo dot com. 
and uh, still want your feedback about the Steven Center Presents podcast I had the idea for. So I still want to hear from you guys to see if you actually want to hear that. Um, so we're doing the our draft that we started last week when AJ was here. Uh, the the dead and living. We we didn't have a better name for this dead and living draft, did we? Right. That we. I came couldn't up think with. of anything to call this. So I don't know what we what we should call it. Uh, uh, I don't know. Should we call it like the Dying for Life podcast or Dying for Life draft or something? Dying for Life draft sounds right. better than it, Living Dead draft. <laughs> right. Uh, living Dead girl. Oh man, to... we got Rob Zombie in the studio. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Rob Zombie? What? Why do you have a thesaurus? Right. Uh, <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... I'm just the, lyrics, that's all. <laughs> that's, okay, it makes sense. He just, like, flips pages. That rhymes. That yeah. rhymes with that. Let's make a song. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> with his hot-ass wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, we are going to nominate a dead person that we'd like to bring back a piece, and then we'll nominate the person living. I'll nominate for John's dead nomination and he'll nominate for my dead nomination that's how it works right uh so you go ahead and nominate your person okay uh i was thinking about this earlier and i was like this person got taken at like the height of their career and i would fucking love to see what he could do if he could come back i want back heath ledger heath ledger let's get heath ledger back yeah i was thinking that as soon as you started saying it yeah taken at the height of his career and you can say what you want to about like stuff like Bro- Brokeback Mountain and all that shit. He was awesome in A Knight's Tale. He was awesome in 10 Things I Hate About You. Like He had yes. a really fucking good career. He's probably the best Joker ever. Well, it depends on how you feel about Cesar Romero. But <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> but there are different versions of Joker that uh, you, you can like. and Because uh, um, Nicholson's version was awesome. You know? I mean... Even Mark Hamill's Joker was great for the cartoon, you right. know, and the Arkham, you know, Arkham Asylum games. But uh, so I'm going, uh, I'm going a little bit in a different direction on this because of things that's happened. I think his career was taken away from him way too early. Also, and the toast to Dwight Clark had me thinking even earlier that would we be taking toast? to Sean Taylor one day. And I think I would like to have Sean Taylor back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah, Sean, Sean Taylor, Taylor, yeah, Sean Taylor was a sa- uh, a safety for the Redskins. And he was only 24 when he was he was 24 rider right? was he 23? I I want to say he was like 24 when that piece of shit killed him. And, and he was already one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game mm-hmm. he was like ed reed and troy palomalu mixed their dna in one cloning program and they made sean taylor right so you know nothing but respect for him i want i wanted him back i wanted to see what type of 15 year career he could have had and what he could have done after you know his his whole journey even after football he probably would have been a coach he was super intelligent mm-hmm. so okay so I'll go ahead and nominate the person that we would trade for Heath Ledger. Um, so many good ones in the uh, 
the first round, which was we traded Jonah Hill for Chris Farley, we traded Channing Tatum for J.R.R. Tolkien, we traded Michael Bay for John Belushi, and uh, I would say I would trade Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, wow. To get Heath Ledger back. Oh, man, how the tables have turned. It's like, that's what happens when you're kind of outed as being, you know, a piece of shit. I mean, Right, I'll trade you. Let's get Heath back. Not a piece of shit. Amazing actor. So who would you trade to get Sean Taylor back? Uh, let's see. Oh, I, this is easy. Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Good job, yes. Because some people take advantage of their gifts, and others would love to have it. Right. Uh, so that was that is poetry right there, uh, from yeah. what we are doing. You want to be a psycho and kill dogs? Well, you'd be you'd be rid of, and we would have Sean Taylor back, who's actually a good, decent human being. Yeah. So before we get into the next segment, we have a commercial. Hey, my name is Timmy the Chickman Combs, and I have a website called chickman.com. And fellas, if you guys are having problems with girls, we have pre-written messages that you can send to guarantee you'll get a girl. Like, hey, show me them titties. Or hey, let me get that thing. Or, hey, drop your kids off at daycare and come give me some head care. So, go to chickman.com. click so i mean that's that's big money man we I gotta mean, be able to pay for this shit somehow yeah i mean he, he he sounds it's fucking like really weird though yeah he's very weird i mean it's, I, it's is like, this person related to jimmy the dick man Jones? i don't know he didn't say anything like that oh okay but it's it sounds very familiar it does and sound also familiar. where the fuck did he record this like outside of like a walmart or something well, like he, i don't think he has a lot of money he's trying to be like the next eharmony.com i think <laughs> okay so he, he he's starting for scratch right yeah i mean i guess you gotta start somewhere right yes you do uh well uh, let's go ahead and uh talk about what we're uh what we're drinking today uh yes we are drinking rogue mocha porter yep this is rogue brewery company we've already done uh one of their things before but i saw this and I was like, it's pretty good because uh, it doesn't say it on this bottle. It says it on the box, wherever the hell that is. But it's made with like, uh, it's like kiln roasted coffee, uh, bits of chocolate. Like it's got like all the regular stuff in it. Like it's it's a pretty decent porter. I, I would get. I mean, we we both kind of gave it like a two. Like it's drinkable. It's good. It's not overwhelming. It's not like life changing. Like oh my god, this is my new permanent beer that I'm gonna drink forever. But it's good. 
Yeah. Right, right. It, it's, it's not bitter. Not, not overly bitter. You should try it. It's a very good beer. Uh, so, I have a little bit of trivia uh, going into this. But first, the Black Panther budget was $200 million, and it grossed $1.345 billion. Damn! <laughs> so, it is one of the highest grossing films of all time. Um, so... Actually, I'm going to throw some facts before we get to the trivia. Uh, there is only um, there's six Marvel movies in this universe that has made a billion dollars. Are we counting the uh, Avengers movies or the standalones? No, the Avengers movies are counted in this. Oh, okay. Okay, so just Marvel universe, basically. Yeah, the movies that make made a billion already, obviously, is Black Panther, Captain America: Civil War. Iron Man 3, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Age of Ultron, and The Avengers. <laughs> yeah. So, those six Marvel movies that's made a billion dollars so far. So, and, three uh, standalones and then the three Avengers movies yes. so far. And so, some other things that are kind of interesting, like uh, Star-Lord's Mask. It somehow has the same text, uh, the same tech as... Um, Black Panther's suit, a lot of people notice that, how his suit can come out of uh, his uh, necklace. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is kind of similar to, to Quill's yeah, mask. Yeah, Star-Lord's little earpiece, his whole mask can come out of that, so it's very similar technology. I don't know if that comes into play or if they're related, but it's very similar technology. Yeah, it is. I wonder if uh, maybe they base that off of like Wakandan technology. Yeah, so... It'd be interesting to, yeah, to so, see... That's very interesting, and you never find out where Star-Lord got that mask from, so uh, is it something he made himself, or something that was given to him, and by who, so that that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so the rhinos in the movie weren't completely CGI. Technically, they're Clydesdale's uh, horses, and they were CGI'd over with the rhino. Uh, so there was actually animals on the set that people were, you know, riding and stuff, and they were, you know, Clydesdales. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just had, like, a rhino CG shell <laughs> yeah. around them. That's interesting, because so. that way you could... Because, like, trying to ride on real rhinos would be dangerous as shit, man, because you yeah, just you get would, gored. Well, these, and these rhinos are, like, twice the size of actual rhinos. Because mm -hmm. they're, so. like... They, like... This, I don't know what the hell they feed them in Wakanda, but those things are fucking huge. <laughs> They're war rhinos, so I would imagine they're probably bred to be larger. Right. So they can be kind of like tanks almost, yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, another interesting fact, technically Shuri and Hela are both te uh, technically Disney princesses. Hela from Thor yeah. and Shuri from Black Panther because they're both princesses. So they're technically Disney princesses. Yeah, just Hela's psychotic. Yeah. So... Hot as shit, though. Yeah, it's Kate, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. <laughs> uh, the I don't. I was gonna make this was a trivia, but I really didn't. I thought I'd give it away. Like so, the Royal Talon Remote Pilot System has a voice, and it's vo it's voiced by a South African too. Do you know who that is? It's Trevor Noah. It's Trevor Noah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people knew that. Uh, so, uh, Wakanda warriors have tattoos also on their inside of their lips, kind of like the uh, vampires in Blade. Oh yeah, 
Because the, uh, or if you're like, if you're familiar, if you're branded with a vampire, you yeah. have it on the inside of your lips inside showing of your lips. which vampire you belong to. So, that's very interesting connection there. Yeah. Uh, the stripe across T'Challa's head and, and the first battle is a direct reference to the Lion King. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Black Panther, in the comic books, actually marries Storm. Uh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> In the because, comics, because uh, uh, Aurora, she's she's like uh, African royalty too, right? Yeah, she's the princess of Kenya, yeah. which is what Wakanda's loosely based off from. That and uh, you know a couple other things. And also Nakia, uh, like her like cover story when she goes to visit, uh, when they do the missions in South Korea, you know she talks about like you know the, like Kenyans and stuff like that. So that yeah. kind of makes sense that it would be so sort of like based tribe. on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that is, um, yeah. Storm's village is in already shows up as her little girl in the X Men Origins, which means the X Men could be easily tied into the Black Panther thing, especially a Wolverine story. Uh, yeah. Just saying. Uh, okay. As far as trivia. All right. In the comics, who? is the next Black Panther after T'Challa? A. Shuri B. Okoye C. Mario Van Peebles <laughs> or D. Uh, Nakia uh, Who it is in the, in the comics? Yeah, who takes over the Black Panther mantle after T'Challa? Um... My gut would tell me because Shuri's the next in line to the throne, it would be Shuri. It is Shuri. Okay. She becomes the next Black Panther because she is uh, uh, T'Challa. I don't think he dies. I think he just kind of hands it over to her. Um, Much in the same way that like uh, T'Chaka gave it to his son, and then kind of like he like gave up the mantle so that he could just be king. Yeah, of Black Panther. A lot of people seem confused by that too. Uh, where they're like, uh, well, how was he already the Black Panther, but he wasn't the king? It's like, uh, because his dad was like 60-something. Yeah, you think he's going to be able to do missions and do martial arts when yeah, he's that so, age. So he gave the warrior mantle already over to his son, but he was still king. Yeah, he was still ruling as king. I, I thought that was like, I thought that was like a given. Like, if you have to have that explained to you, we're going to have Tommy go up in the back and hit you in the head with a tack hammer because you're a retard. retard. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Like, come on, man. So out of these, okay, so who was considered for the role of T'Challa other than Chadwick Boseman? A, John Boyega. B, Donald Glover. C, Eminem. D, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> uh, part of me wants to say that they thought of John Boyega. They did. That was uh, one oh, of their okay. choices. Um, they also uh, considered uh, what was that dude's name? Dijon Haromajudu. Jamin Hansu. Yeah, Jamin Hansu. Uh, he was one of the guys. We just called Digimon. <laughs> Digimon. Digimon. <laughs> uh, but Michael B. Jordan was actually one of the people that were considered to play the Falcon, and Anthony Mackie was actually considered uh, to play Black Panther at one point. And oh. uh, it worked out for the best, I think. Yeah. Still worked out well, though. Yes. Okay. So, Angela Bassett is in another superhero film. What is it? 
A. Green Lantern. B. Suicide Squad. C. Batman Returns. Or D. Fantastic Four. Is it Batman Returns? No, she was in Green Lantern. Oh, really? <laughs> I never watched that movie, so I would I would not know. <laughs> yeah, she was actually in the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, and she was herself was pretty good in it, but the movie had other issues. Um, mainly tons and tons of CGI, which surprisingly Black Panther has some, but a lot of practical effects. Um, oh, we're going to talk about CG in the comments. That's that's. Uh... There's some CG fights, and there's some other things, and uh, so I didn't want to stretch that out too long, so we're going to go to another commercial and then get right back into the comments. Do you like tater tots? Do you like fried jelly beans? Do you like delicious pepper bologna sandwiches? And stop by Cardi B Grilling, you be chilling. Open up a Friday near you. Make sure y'all check out Cardi be grilling, you be chilling. <laughs> yeah. This Friday near you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got some of the weirdest shit, man. The people trying to like advertise with us. It's just crazy. We, we, you know, we we don't get like uh, we we don't get Nike and stuff yet, but that's coming. Right. That's yeah. coming. <laughs> I mean, New Balance. What's up? I guess yeah, so. we'll, we'll we'll advertise that. Shaq's, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know the, the you know they brought back Shaq Fu, right? It's like Shaq Fu: The Legend Continues or something. Really? Yeah, it's like a beat 'em up game where you just play as Shaq. That sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was the original Shaq Fu. If you ever played it, it was the hot dog shit. It was awful. <laughs> so buy Shaq Fu. Buy Shaq Fu. Yeah. No, we can't endorse that. This we is not sponsored by. We, we cannot Sony endorse. <laughs> we cannot already. endorse Shaq Fu. I was just I was on PlayStation Network earlier and I was like, oh my god, that game actually came out because I, I think they like kickstarted it or something and people actually pay enough money that they could make a fucking game for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Can you kickstart anything now? Right. You could basically like I want to make a giant mountain of feces. You know, hook hook us up on Patreon with some of that giant feces mountain money. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Oh, feces man. Mountain. Feces Mountain. <laughs> Come okay. to our theme park if you want to ride Tom Cruise's dick. <laughs> oh, man. It's just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Really? Uh, but, uh, so, Black Panther, I remember looking up uh, just some preliminary ideas because I was like, this is, like, one of the biggest movies that we've seen in, like, a while. It's one of the few superhero movies that has like been able to eclipse that you know million that billion dollar mark like you were talking about earlier and so i can remember uh i was at work and i had there's a movie theater directly across from my work like you could literally walk there if you wanted to uh and i remember like going out to my car and there was a line on what was it the friday that it came out there was a line wrapped around the building and out into the parking lot and I was like, what the fuck? Is that? Is everybody for Black Panther? Fuck yes, it was. Because every show that I looked at is I was like, Steven, you trying to go see it this weekend. 
And you were like, yeah, cool, see what time we can go. And, like, Friday, every show sold out. Saturday, every show sold out. Like, Mm -hmm. every time. Wakanda forever. Yeah. So I kept thinking, like, man, I was like, this is, like, this is just, like, a big movie. Because you can't make a movie this big unless you've got, you know, like, star power. You have to have something. They just had, like, this magical formula with this movie. And, like, everybody wanted to go see it. And... Uh, and I was like, you know, it's, we're probably not going to have to do an episode on Black Panther because most people generally like this movie. This this movie, like, most people that I talk to at work were like, ah, man, this shit's awesome. People were doing the Wakanda Forever with the crossed arms and shit at work. And I even saw somebody at a gas station one day. They were talking about it. I went in to go get, like, I forgot. I think I went to go get, like, a Red Bull or something. And the dude was talking to the lady at the counter. And he was like, yeah, it was good. Wakanda forever. And I was like, really? That's like a real thing people are just doing now? <laughs> you know? But Some it's like Roll Tide. Right, yeah. It's kind of like Wakanda forever is like, you know, almost like Roll Tide or, you know, if you're like Auburn War Eagle. But anyway. Now, why uh, did you even mention that? Right. <laughs> we're trying to be not biased here. But yes, we, we are. When it comes to football, we can be biased. <laughs> Fuck that. We're, we're beyond the hate with movies and Pop culture, not football. Fuck that. I'm biased. Right. <laughs> I didn't mention roll type first, though, so that should count for mm-hmm. something. Nope. Oh, uh, okay. You fucked but, up. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, just in case there's any, like, Auburn fans that actually listen to us. I don't know if Auburn fans would listen to us, so I don't, I don't And if they do, you're welcome, you know. Yeah, for entertaining your sad, pathetic life, because football doesn't <laughs> Anyway, you probably like other things like cutting me off. Every time I see someone cut me off while I'm driving, they have a fucking Auburn sticker on the back of their vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a way to understand where the jackasses are <laughs> so you know to avoid them. Like, well, that guy's got an Auburn sticker. I'm going to get in the other lane and go past this douche. <laughs> Do me a favor. Just put a middle finger on the back of your sticker and I, I'll think more of you. I'll be like, well, at least he flipped me off. Right? <laughs> yeah. Instead of liking Auburn, that's worse. <laughs> All he did was tell me to fuck off. He didn't like a subpar team that's not even the best team in their state. But anyway. Yeah, because you got Alabama, Troy, then Auburn. Yeah. I mean, shit. I mean, yeah. Even South Alabama's better. South Alabama? Yeah. But, uh, Go Jags. <laughs> Go Jags. But, uh, so I was like, uh, I was like, well, let me just, for, out of curiosity's sake, I'm going to go ahead and look up and see what the comments are like for Black Panther. And, oh, shit, there's way more hate on this than I thought there was. So I was like, we should probably go ahead and actually do an episode on Black Panther because I found enough things that I feel like I can actually do a whole episode on it. And Steve was like, okay, well, let's just figure out a time to do it. And so since Black Panther came out on Blu-ray, we had an opportunity to watch it. Steve watched it basically once a day since he's had it. Um, yeah, so since it came out to this date, yeah. I've watched it again today. Right. <laughs> so... Uh, I figured like now would be now would be a good time to go ahead and cover this because it's uh, still, you know, it's one of the biggest movies of the year aside from Infinity War, which I still have yet to see. But um, yeah, so no no spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah, we're not there spoiling Infinity any. War because I don't know anything about it, and Steve's gonna have to contain himself so he doesn't say anything. I will contain myself. Uh, right. Because eventually, we will do that too because I know a lot of people already hate it. Right. A lot of people. You just just can't get away from the butt hurt, man. But anyway, uh, so the first thing that I found was kind of interesting because I had a feeling that this was going to come up somewhere, and this came up repeatedly. So, number one, the plot was torn straight out of The Lion King. If you have seen The Lion King, then don't bother wasting your money on this one. It was almost entirely the same script. 
the star is a great actor, but this movie should have uh, never been uh, made, never should have made so much money. I can chuck this one up uh, along with Avatar, uh, Dances with Wolves is what it you know ripped off as a stolen script that made a ton. What didn't particularly help was the wooden acting with the stiffest wood grain. It is as if most actors read their lines from a visual script and were too busy doing that to offer more than high school level acting. Forrest Whitaker is completely miscast. The accents throughout are not believable. There was no chemistry among the characters and little reason to care. The only sad excuse may be that this movie is a derivative of a comic, so the dialogue was exactly as stiff, exaggerated, and unnatural as, it, as in any comic book. Chadwick Boseman, Denai Guerrero, and Lupita Nyong'o were especially bland. Found myself hoping they would be killed off by the end. <laughs> That's very sick. I kind of wish you would have, um, you know, did uh, some bullet points on that one comment. Because he's he made about four. Right. Um, well, each one of these things is a bullet point, so they're kind of done in, like, paragraph form, but... No, I'm saying he, that one paragraph right. is like four bullet points. Right. So, because he tries to attack four things. Uh, Denai Guerrero, for one, is one of the best things about this movie. Yeah, General um, Okoye. Lupita Nyong'o has won an Oscar. For her acting. What the fuck have you done? Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> for one, the accents that Chadwick Boseman used, he learned from... Um, uh, the, the person that plays his father, which is... Um, I can't remember his first name, but it's like Kina. Uh, so I'm out of freeze because I didn't write it down. Um, but he's actually from South Africa, and he taught Chadwick Boseman that accent. Right, and he also and, had a dialect coach, too, that helped him. Yeah, well, it's mainly the actual guy from South Africa, though, that because I looked that up. The dialect coach did a little, but probably only... Maybe like, not so much on Chadwick, maybe on everybody else. Maybe, okay. but, you know, Denai Guerrero is actually from Africa also. Yeah. Um, then you have Lupita Nyong'o, one of the best actresses in all the world. And then, uh, you, you know, there's just so much really diversity in this movie. And there was actually kind of a running joke. I know he didn't mention this, but I'm talking about the two white people that are in this film, which yeah. is Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. They're like, it's kind of funny because they're both in, you know, J.R.L. Tolkien movies. So they're kind of like the... Tolkien white people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a very good joke when I but read don't. it. But I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's what they were doing at all. Like, oh, let's put, you know, token white people in this. And I was like, I don't think that's what they did with this, this script at all. I don't think they were thinking, um, you know, let's let's throw a couple white people in it. They were like, hey, you know. Uh, well, they've already ever, used Claw. Yeah, Claw, he has to be a part of this because he's a huge part of the Black Panther storyline in the comics. And then you have Everett Ross, which was a pretty good character in Civil War. And they're like, let's use Martin Freeman uh, because, I mean, this will add a different little dynamic. And other than that, you really didn't have to have... I feel like I'm missing a point that this guy's made. The thing about it ripping off the Lion King. Okay, so for one... And he said something about Avatar too, right? And then Dances uh, with Wolves? Yeah, he said that uh, I could chuck this one up along with Avatar, and then he puts Dances with Wolves in brackets as a stolen script that made a ton. That okay. Avatar is basically just ripping off Dances with Wolves, and this is ripping off Lion King. I'm not quite sure he's ever seen Dances with Wolves, but that's not what Avatar is doing. The, the script of Dances with Wolves is, 
you know, people trying to eradicate Native Americans or natives. They're not. They're not Native Americans. America. We we called that. That's actually, to me, Native Americans is a little bit offensive because it wasn't named America, by them. Yeah. It was named something you know totally different. So, natives. Um, but they weren't. You know, they weren't slaughtered for some resource under a tree or anything like that. They were slaughtered because um, they were fighting for their land. Like, you were trying to come and take everything. They're like, no, you can't take it. And they're like, well, we'll take it anyway because, you know, we're more violent than you. Right. Not smarter. Smart is, you know, subjective. You think, you know, the invading forces were smarter because they had better weapons. That doesn't make you smarter. (laughs) <laughs> but the the whole thing about it ripping off Lion King, it's like, the only thing that I could see that maybe was similar was Mufasa and Scar is kind of like, you know, T'Chaka and, uh, and Jobu, his brother, because Scar was Mufasa's brother, right? If I well, remember right. It's been a while since I've watched Lion King, so I don't totally remember. Well, yeah, yeah, and um, I haven't seen people bitch about the Lion King, actually, to be honest, because they're like... Well, Scar wouldn't exist because a relative of the King of the Lion Packs wouldn't survive because they would have already killed him. And I'm like, that's not true. That's a made-up fact about lions. Right. They do know that, like, because when I read that, I was like, that's not true. I've read, like, when I grew up, I had, like, a billion National Geographics at my house. Like, I, I had, like, every issue for, like, the last 40 years or something. Right. And I've always heard that lions always did have kind of, uh, you know, a leader. But no one died because of it. Unless another alpha, usually not a relative, but some other tried to come kill him. But that was very rare. That's very rare in lions. Right. (laughs) But the idea that, like, this is ripping off the whole thing between Mufasa and Scar... And that, you know, like, T'Challa would be Simba and stuff like that. And then... It's, it's, it's nothing alike. They, they did throw some, like, um, shout-outs to Lion King in it. Like, the, like I was talking about the little thing on the... the he was the son, but, you know, no final fights happen in a, you know, train track and down in one of the most advanced, you know, civilizations in the entire planet or anything like that. That's, yeah. That doesn't exist. Do you remember, do you remember, you know, Simba fighting Scar, like, in, you know, with the train and, you know, having to deal with their suits failing and Stabs stuff like him, that? pulls them out, lets them see the sunset. Right. Tries to save them. Right. It, that, none of that happened. This, uh, pretty much the whole story, this is just some person reaching and be like, oh, yeah, it is kind of like the Lion King. Like, like the Lion King how? Yeah. The only thing that's similar is you have... A king, you have somebody vying for power that isn't king, and it takes place in Africa. It was like the one thing we were talking about, the Matrix. It's like, well, the Matrix is like Dark City. It's like, okay, how? Yeah. Oh, you just make a statement and think every dumbass that reads it's going to be like, oh, yeah, totally, because it has that one thing. Yeah. Things can borrow from things. I mean, you you can't be like, well, I mean, it was total ripoff because he said that word in it, and that was clearly out of every movie in existence. So total <laughs> yeah. ripoff. Total uh, ripoff, man. <laughs> but I, I just think that like when they're talking about like this had like really stiff acting, 
And I was like, I don't remember the acting being stiff. That's joke. Forrest Whitaker is supposed to, uh, as Zuri, is, uh, is supposed to be like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Literally, Ron Coogler, the director, said that he based that character off Obi-Wan Kenobi. So he's like a African Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So, there you go. That's why Forrest Whitaker acts like that. Well, the other thing, too, is that, like, Forrest Whitaker, like, he's won, like, Academy Awards, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, sh- yeah, he, he's won, uh, what was the name of that one where he was the general, or, I can't remember, but he's won was a lot the of The Last awards. King of Scotland? Yeah, The Last King of Scotland. Yeah. Uh, he's won plenty of awards. Because wasn't that, uh, was he was Edie awesome. Amin? He was awesome in Bloodsport. Yeah. Remember, he was the cop in Bloodsport with the other dude. Oh, man, that's been forever, but yeah, okay. He was. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, the original Bloodsport, yeah. Yeah, so we, um, we know what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> but I think the other thing, too, is saying that, like, well, we expected the dialogue to kind of be, like, shit because it's a comic book. It's like, no, I mean, so you're saying that, like, the dialogue in comic books is awful? It's like, how many comic books have you read? Like, Steve's, you know, Steve's read more comic books than I have. I didn't really grow up with comics that much, you know. I really didn't get into it until I was, like, hanging out with Steve. Because Steve read, like, all the X-Men's. He read all the Avengers comics back in the day. He's the comic book guy. I had just gotten into this world, you know, because of, like, stuff that, like, Steve had gotten me into. Yeah, but, uh, 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 most of the dialogue in comic books is pretty awesome, actually. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. You get this visual picture, which is what comics books are about, the art. The art's really good, but you have to have context to go with it, and the writing's what it's all about, because you have so few words to get your point across on each page. Yeah. Because you can't fill, it's not a book, you can't fill pages. You have just little, you know, little sections. One or two here, one or two there. Yeah, that you have to get across. So their writing really does have to be good. So most people that, you know, cling to really good comic books like x-men for one like the 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 talking in x-men comic books was amazing like it's some of the best like some of their art sometimes could be a little you know weak here and there but their writing was always really good like always i always could remember that and um that's no different with black panther black panther the comic book was actually created before the black panther party right um, because it was like 66 when the comic book came out, and I think it was 69 whenever the Black Panther Party started. And then they tried to change the name of the Black Panther comic books to Black Leopard. And then they were like, this isn't working, and they changed it back in 1972 to Black Panther. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's, that's, the, that's the history of uh, Black Panther. They actually created that before the Black Panther Party existed. So maybe the Black Panther Party even named it after that because of the comic book. Yeah, that'd be interesting <laughs> to see if that's why they did it, you know. Uh, but no one's ever confirmed that. Like, whoever started the Black Panthers never said, like, yeah, we've seen this comic book of this, you know, first ever, you know, black superhero, and we're like, that's what we're naming our party, but it, it does sound like that would be a good statement, though, right? Because that is the first ever black superhero ever put in a comic. Yeah. Was, uh... And what's the second one? Would it, would it be Blade, or would it be... 
Would it be no, Storm? No, Fa- Falcon would be older than that. So it'd Falcon. probably be Falcon, and then it'd probably be Storm. Uh, Storm came a little bit later, but she she would be up there. So I think Storm came in the eighties. Okay. Uh, but and then Blade th- would be in there somewhere, like in the eighties. Yeah, he would be in there somewhere. But I know Falcon was really really old, and then um, I mean technically Shaft Shaft would be pretty old. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, he he was been around for a while. That'd be interesting if you guys could get like email us like a timeline of that. I would really like to see it. Like if if you guys uh, of like black superheroes. Yeah, because that that would be a really interesting timeline to see who was created first and how that progression went. Because that's a really good question. Now, if I would have thought about doing that, I would have done it before yeah. this episode. Um, yeah, just email us at beyondthehateatyahoo.com and if if you guys feel like doing that, and we'll we might even make a whole episode about that because that's very interesting. Okay, so the second point that I wanted to get to, and this one I actually cut from an even bigger paragraph. I was like, this by itself needs to be its own topic because I had to blend it in with something else. So I moved some things around, and I was like, okay, I think this will fit in right here. So, number two, this was supposed to be the newest and best Marvel movie. It was also supposed to be uh, deeper than a superhero movie. Well, basically all they did was put African Americans in the role of the main characters and follow the same exact formula of every other Marvel movie ever created. Reminds me of uh, black exploitation movies in the 1970s. Characters are mostly stereotypes, whether African uh, or African American. Even the token white guys are the evil South African or the CIA hero. This, this movie lacked diversity and inclusion. It was all black people acting as black nationalists. Where are the Asians, the Native Americans, the Hispanics? Not to mention that they make racial comments that don't fit the situations. It wasn't clear if this movie was endorsing black American culture or African culture. No, they are not one and the same. The futuristic Wakanda has graffiti on the walls, like American street art, as well as tribal African painting that is chipped. Is it impossible for paint to stay fresh in Africa? That's a side note. (laughs) And there are street merchants selling hand-woven baskets. Fits the tribal scene, but not exactly the advanced technology city they were trying to illustrate. Jabari tribe? What? Seemed more like the black fraternity Omega Sci-Fi with their barking and mindless and unexplainable barbarism in advanced society. This comment doesn't deserve too big of a response. This dude's just culturally retarded. Yeah. Um, so, Steve, a- answer me a question real quick. Okay. Now, Black Panther, where the movie takes place in, it's in Africa, right? And yes. it- it's it's a it's a country called Wakanda. How many Asians or Native Americans or Hispanic people are you going to find in the middle of fucking Africa? There isn't going to be any unless they're there on mission trips, but not none in Wakanda because it's a closed, it's a closed, uh, it's a closed loop, man. It's a closed environment. Yeah, it's closed. So only Wakandans live in this area. Right. And Wakandas aren't Native, Native Americans or Mexican or Asian. They're all Africans. There are Asians in this movie, and it's when they're in South Korea. You see South right. Koreans. Yeah, where South Koreans are. Right. <laughs> generally. Yeah. So this person is just trying to be like, uh, 
I can go ahead and tell you what he's trying to do. He's like, well, I'm tired of hearing about whitewashing because this this is a white person. Um, I'm pretty sure. We don't have pictures on MDB. We don't have pictures. You can just I'm tell assuming by the tone. that this is a white person probably. He was like, I'm going to try to turn it around on these people and make them feel racist for making this movie without you know enough other cultures and stuff like that. Look, the thing about movies is you don't have to have every culture in the world in every movie. That's not what anybody's saying. What they're saying is, in America, when you make American movies, um, 15% of the population is uh, African American. It's 15% of the American population. So 15% of the jobs should go to African Americans. Uh, It's something like 8% is Hispanic. Something like, you know, uh, 9 or 10% is Asian. Those percentages should be casted and hired on jobs. We're not just talking about on screen. We're talking about off screen too. That's right. what people are trying to say. Like, no, we're, they're not trying to say in every movie the main characters have to be this. That's not what anyone's saying. No. They're just saying you have to give a fair chance for people to be a part of it. If it's not on screen, it's off screen. Mm-hmm. You need to let you need to let females be able to try to win the directing job that you would generally see a male maybe getting. You know, if Expendables Four comes out and it's directed by Patty Jenkins, you know, people might even be like, "Oh, well, it's a feminist agenda movie," and it's like, "Yeah, really, it's, it's starring Sylvester Stallone." <laughs> it's called Dolph Lundgren in it, yeah. and Terry Crews, and I mean, there's like, enough... the only woman in it's Ronda Rousey. You're like, yeah, mm. I mean, there's enough dudes in it. At least a female could direct it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of diversity in the Expendables movie, but it, wouldn't it be cool to see somebody like Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman, direct an Expendables movie or something? Like, at least have the opportunity to. Or even, like, Catherine Bigelow. Or Catherine Bigelow, like, be like, hey, you want to try... Or at least offer it to them, you know, be like, hey, you want to try to direct one of these? Yeah. And then if they turn it down, then, you know, that that that's uh, their right to turn it down. And then there's going to be no controversy about that. But th- that's what people are saying. And they, some people get bitter about that and be like, oh, well, you know, something like The Lord of the Rings... You know, it would have been a fantasy world or something like that, and maybe there weren't any black people or something like that. It's like, okay, maybe not, but does that mean that when you make a movie about it, there doesn't have to be? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all, because books don't describe every character in a story most of the time, especially when you have millions of people in a story. Right. (laughs) But you know, it, it would be like the same people that are like, why were there any black people in Braveheart? It's like, because it's a movie about Scottish people. See, that that you can't do. You, you, those, that would just be like, would just look stupid to have... Yeah, because that's a historical movie. You yeah. can't just be like, oh, well, we have to do this because people will get offended. It's like, no, you can't do that because then it's not historically accurate. Yeah. It'd be like, you know, making a Roots movie with all white people. You can't do that because that doesn't make any sense. How can you do a movie that's based around slavery and then have like primarily white people in it? Yeah, you can't you do know? that movie that way. It's 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 only thing people ask is they have opportunities to be a part of something, mm-hmm. and some people think that oh that means they're trying to take over, they're trying to take jobs. No, no, no. When someone says that, that means they don't understand what struggle is. They don't understand what being discriminated against is. Right. 
and um, that doesn't really need to happen, ever. And this this guy, that, that's what he seemed like to me. He just seemed like someone bitter, because this is a very, you know, big time movie. And there's been, you know, uh, uh, all black movies made before. And, uh, you it's know, basically the, every Tyler Perry movie, ever. Tyler Perry <laughs> movies and stuff like that, but none on the, the scale of Black Panther and yeah. the superheroes. But all I got to say about that is if you're going to see a movie called Black Panther, it's going to be culturally accurate because it has to be. Yeah. Because, I mean, Ryan Coogler even put like a lot of African touches in this movie, like the costuming and everything looked like traditional, like African dress headdresses he even said that uh every every person every person uh that is black in this movie wears natural hair or no hair in the case of Denai Gurira because you know she's one of the royal guards so they shave their head because it's, it's it's part of their lifestyle uh she even doesn't like the wig in South Korea that's why she snatches it off her head and throws it at that dude even when though he... she looks pretty hot yeah she still looks gorgeous like either way either with the with the wig on or yeah, with her head is great talent i love her right but uh but you know Ryan Coogler was like everybody in the hair everybody in the movie wears natural hair also uh Ryan Coogler uh he directed Creed um uh Fruitville Station which Michael B. Jordan. He hasn't directed a movie without Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Um, and he also is the person that found Tessa Thompson that we got in Thor Ragnarok because she was in Creed. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie. So, yeah, so she was... Uh, so Ron, Ron Coogler is an amazing director, for one, and then he's just great at finding talent. Yeah. But uh, I, I just think that when it comes to dealing with things like culture people just need to understand what they're watching you exactly know? but anyway uh we'll go ahead and probably move on to the next comment because uh we'll we'll talk about some of the tribal stuff uh which actually probably on the next comment because the next comment is related to some of that yeah yeah they they, they had some really good uh tribal rivalries and stuff like that in this it was, it was very uh exciting to see mbaku he was awesome um uh as the you know the gorilla dudes had an <laughs> awesome had an awesome fight with uh t'challa and um it was pretty badass but we have another commercial coming up and then we'll get to the next comment okay It's Timmy the Chick Man Combs again, and I was just going to reiterate, go to chickman.com for all your chicken needs. Not chicken chickens, I mean like chicks. You'll be guaranteed to get laid, even though it's 90% dudes and 10% gross bitches. Okay. What are we doing on this show? Uh, yeah. Oh man, we need to get some like for real sponsors. We need to get uh, some better sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> this is just awful, man. Like, but we gotta make beer money, so. Yeah, I mean, I we mean, gotta get it somehow. Let's try to resurrect it with some good Black Panther comments. Right. Yeah. There we go. Or I mean, some bad ones. I guess would be the better word. Yeah. For these it. are all terrible things. Good but... for us. Bad for them. Let's right. Go. Yeah. Uh, but it says, uh, so could, could I just answer all of them when they're like, why is this $1.3 billion? But why 
three billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how you gonna argue with one point three billion? It's like, but what about that one part? One point three billion dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anything that you might have a gripe over seems trivial compared to a billion. But uh, so number three. The whole premise of the country of Wakanda is an insult to Africans and black people in general. Instead of basing Wakanda on your average African country, it is portrayed as being like a futuristic Shanghai with tech that is decades, if not centuries, advanced. How in the world has no one left Wakanda and told the world about what is there? How has it been kept a secret? Why haven't they conquered the world? Wakanda is supposed to be the most advanced nation on Earth, but everyone still dresses and acts like primitive tribal people and even determine their leadership through individual combat. Uh, I, <laughs> I, part of me is kind of like, I don't think the person writing this understands fucking anything about African culture. I mean, we're two white dudes. We're not saying we're scholars on like African studies. We're definitely not. But we know at least enough about Africa to know that this shit makes sense. You yeah, know? a lot of this stuff, um, if you don't know, uh, Africa is the birthplace of life and uh they have a lot of tribes and villages that still to this day go out through africa and they have a bunch of tradition which everyone does americans have traditions uh they're newer ones africa has ancient traditions right um asia has traditions japan you know all these other places uh russia has traditions um tradition is what makes you separate and culture right um and this is the the world domination thing doesn't make any sense um they stayed out of world war ii um you know they they didn't want to get involved with that uh they closed off their borders because war was going on all around them mm-hmm. and they grew as a society but just why they became one of the most powerful ones there. But that doesn't mean they have to get involved in wars. Yeah, I mean the, and, and we're going to talk about uh, you know Killmonger here in a, in a little bit. But one of the things that Killmonger is like saying is you know we have all this technology, we could rule the world. You know instead of being oppressed and you know black people all around the world instead of having to be a minority. We could use that technology. <coughs> ah, excuse me, I had to sneeze. <laughs> instead of using that, instead of using that technology just to isolate ourselves, why don't we, you know, take out the colonizers? Right, that was like the thing. Like, let's take out the colonizers. Let's kill off the white people. Like, he's a psychopath, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell that Killmonger is a psychopath. I mean, look at what he did to his body. Every time he got a kill, he put another knot in his body. You know, for like every kill that he had, the dude's clearly a psychopath, and he has no problems murdering people for his to justify what he's trying to do. But to say that T'Chaka or T'Challa, now that he runs the country, you know, all of the kings going back through all the ages, that they should have just you know wiped out the rest of humanity. They don't hate humanity. They're just basically saying like, look. You know, problems that you guys might have had elsewhere in the world doesn't concern us because we protect our own country, and that's all we're concerned about. You right. Know? That's well with they're well within their right to do that. Do they have to get involved in World War One or two? No, they don't have to. You know, unless the Nazis, like in, maybe you know, like Hydra in this you know universe, like the Nazis or Hydra went into Africa deeper and actually got to like Wakandan borders, you would never hear from them again because they would just get wiped out. 
I mean, they have a hologram that looks like a giant rainforest canopy that covers this thing. So people generally don't have any idea that it exists. Everett Ross basically laughed off the idea that Wakanda had advanced technology because he's like, this is one of the poorest countries on Earth. We see it on satellites, and they have nothing. There's no money in Wakanda. Yeah, they only see the little village outside of the the Invisishield thing that they have going on. <laughs> Invisishield, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> the shield of Wakanda was brought to you by Zag. <laughs> Zag. Yeah. Zang. Z- Zag Invisible Shields. Um, if it's good enough to protect Wakanda, it's good enough to protect your iPhone. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, but, you owe us money now. But uh, that's part of it, too, is that you're basically saying that what we want to see is we want to see, you know, the, uh, you know, Star Wars Coruscant-looking city that is the main, that makes up, you know, the capital city that makes up the heart of Wakanda where the castle and everything else is, the palace uh, we want it to look like that, and we don't want to see people in wraps and sandals and stuff like that because, you know, that doesn't make sense why they would have, you know, why they would still remain primitive even though they have all this technology. It's like, it, it's almost like saying, hey, Japanese people, why do you guys wear kimonos when you could just wear suits? That's more modern. They wear kimonos because that's part of their history, you know? A lot of this is Americans, too, because Americans in general really don't have any culture. And they don't really have, like, this ancient tradition like a lot of these other people because they're not that old. Yeah. Uh, so. We've only had our country it's just for ignorance. 300 years, you know. Yeah. Or not quite 300, yeah. Yeah, and for the most part, it's all been bad. Like, we're very rich and very lucky, but, like, the history of America isn't very good. As nah. far as what we've done to people. Yeah. I mean, the reason why Native Americans are a minority now is because of what white people did to them. You know? I mean, <laughs> black people didn't even have complete rights even after the Civil War until we started dealing with that shit in the 60s. Martin Luther King got assassinated for the shit that he talked about. Right. You know? I mean, Malcolm X got assassinated. A lot of All people the... got assassinated. Yeah. Back in the day, everybody got assassinated. JFK... You know, Bobby Kennedy, RFK, like everybody got assassinated back in the day because everybody was trying to change the world, trying to change the world for Americans. And some people didn't like that, you know, whether it was the, you know, the, the Muslim Brotherhood stuff that Malcolm X was into, or it was, you know, the uh, civil rights movement that, you know, Martin Luther King was involved in and all this kind of stuff. You have all these different movements going on in the 60s. And part of me almost thinks that it's like to say that we should, you know, if we see the Wakandans wearing like, you know, wraps and having sandals and stuff like that, that that doesn't make sense. It's like it totally makes sense. You have, I mean, if you go to South but Africa. But what are those? What are those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was wearing them because, you know, he wanted to wear some fresh ass sandals on his first day as being king. No, he was trying to impress the elders. Yeah, he was trying to impress the elders because, because she was like, I bet you the elders loved that. Right, yeah. And she was like, now put these on. Yeah. Which she was inspired from Back to the Future. Oh, right. To, With like the, the self lacing shoes yep. or whatever. Okay. Actually, those shoes come up as a comment. We're going to talk about that. Those shoes do? Yeah. What are those? What are those? I think they stole that line from Dave Chappelle. Put Dave Chappelle as a cameo in one of your Black Panther movies. Uh, right. That'd be <laughs> No, cute. it's actually, it's it's that whole damn Daniel meme, you know? 
Like, I don't you, know what have that you ever is. seen that before? It's like this kid. It's like this white dude. They made these like vines. It was like middle school kids. And, oh yeah, yeah. I I, I understand about the vines. I, I don't the white know, I just don't know what they're called. Yeah, yeah. There uh, was like it was are, a vine, and then they were like, "Damn, Daniel, what are those?" And he was like, "Man, these are fresh ass vans." I'm saying like in that uh, Walking Dead uh, spoof that Dave Chappelle did. Uh, with the little Negan scene or whatever, and he was like, like the white people say on the internet, what are those? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dave Chappelle and Wesley Snipes should be in the next one. Let's just go ahead and do that. Right, yeah. Denzel as the villain. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> right, yeah. But, uh... How badass would that be? But the whole... Th- yeah, it would be pretty badass. <laughs> but the whole thing where they're like, yeah, they choose their leader through, like, you know, like, ritual combat and stuff like that, and it's like... You're talking about changing something that is like thousands of years old. Because that's how they've traditionally have always declared who is fit to be king. If you feel like you can take the throne, you challenge the sitting king to see if you can take the throne. And if you die or you yield, you can't take the throne. On challenge day. Yeah, on challenge day. You can't just randomly just walk up and be like, I challenge you to a fight. You have challenge day and that's the day that the king is crowned. Right. And then they each tribe basically votes you in as king because they're like, we do not wish to challenge, we do not wish to challenge, we do not wish to challenge, we do not wish to challenge. And the other tribe uh, wish to challenge, and then anyone of royal blood can challenge. And uh, all that events happened all on challenge day, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But uh, I just think that... Like, people maybe don't understand how, like, culture works in general. No, they just don't care about culture. They're looking for something to bitch about, and they, yeah. they do, and they're like, yeah, that's stupid, right? That's stupid. Why do they still have this, like, you know, primitive society, even though they have fucking Star Wars shit? It's not primitive. It's, 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 just, it's just their culture. Like, they're not primitive at all. They have plenty of fucking money. They just, it's just that you have some people that choose to still wear the traditional African dress, they, you know, but then you have somebody like Shuri who wears like sneakers, you yeah. know, because she's like a more modern Wakandan that she didn't, you know, she wasn't from old school, you know. Lietti, she didn't grow- Wright. Uh, n- n- I mean Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. Yeah, Letitia. Letitia. Yes, Letitia. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean she wears sneakers. She doesn't wear sandals, you know, and it's just it, it's just like I think people don't understand that you have different types of cultures. You even have that kind of shit in the United States. No, it's definitely not Letitia. Yeah, it's Letitia. No, that's not how you spell Letitia. It's Letitia. That's that's how they've I've had I've had people I've seen people do interviews and they called her Letitia Wright. Like I saw it on like late night. I, may, was it Kimmel or maybe it was Stephen Colbert? But they called her Letitia Wright. And Steve's like seriously googling this shit right now because he doesn't believe me. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> I mean, I know we're in the South, but damn, man. <laughs> Letitia or Letitia. Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Letitia. Letitia or Letitia. <laughs> Letitia or Letitia, okay. No, Letitia. I said Letitia or Letitia.
Letitia or Letitia. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so getting to part four, this was a small one uh, because I wanted to get into you know Killmonger here. Uh, but no, part f number four, uh, the most entertaining part of this movie is Andy Serkis. And I think Andy Serkis is a more potential villain than this Killmonger portrayed by Michael B. Jordan. If Andy Serkis' character didn't die in the middle of this film, it would be more fun, as his character was the only thing interesting. It felt like a waste when he was killed off. I mean, I, I felt a little bit like it was a waste when he was killed off, because he was such a good character, but Killmonger is a better character. Well, see... That's the thing. Killmonger is the direct link to Black Panther. Right. I mean, um, Andy Serkis uh, was amazing in this movie. I mean, he, he, he's really good. He was really good in Civil War, but they had to progress a plot. It's yeah. something you have to do in movies. How does, how does Killmonger, how does Eric get into Wakanda without the corpse of Claw? He doesn't. <laughs> well, he, he's, he still does, but he just doesn't get far. He'd probably get arrested. Yeah. Which, which technically he still did. Yeah. Uh, but he wouldn't have any um, say if he didn't kill Claw. Yeah. Because um, they all wanted that guy dead, basically, because of what he did to Wakanda in the past. You know, considering that he killed, uh, you know, the dude's uh, father. Uh, which... Yeah. Yeah. So, it... it I think the thing with, with Andy Serkis is I think, because a lot of people were like, in the comments were like, Andy Serkis was the best part of this movie. Why didn't why did they kill him off so they could just focus on Killmonger? And I'm like, well, because Killmonger has more to do on the story than Claw does. Claw's the thing that drives the early part of the story, but about halfway through, after he ends up getting killed, after Eric shoots him, that's like, okay, now we're going from, you know, Claw being the main villain and doing the whole, you know, the the South Korean thing with the uh, the hammer, you know, that was the hammerhead that was made out of vibranium and all that kind of stuff. Like that's the early part of the story. As soon as Eric shoots him, that's his ticket into Wakanda. Like, look, you guys are looking for Claw? Here he is, dead. Now I want my audience with the king. <laughs> I want to talk to the king, you know. And it's, I think that Claw, as far as like how he is as a villain, he's he's very cool. I like the idea of Claw that, like, you know, he's got this, like, weird fucking mechanical arm thing, and he can kind of, like, you know, inspector gadget that shit to make it what he wants to be, you know? Like it, well, it's, that's, that's not it's, the thing about Claw. It's just Andy Serkis's version of him. Right. Uh, because his character is a combination of a lot of characters, actually, like, that are kind of spread out through this uh, MCU now. But he, he was one of the main villains in... Um, Black Panther, but he kind of served his his purpose as against uh, uh, T'Chaka. Um, so that you know, T'Challa has new villains because yeah. you know a straight up fight. We get to see that early in the movie between Black Panther and um, Claw. I mean, what else could you ask for? I mean, he shoots him with that little hand cannon thing, and Black Panther's just like, okay, that was that was. Cool, I guess. Yeah. But just charge him with suit, bro. <laughs> yeah, let me rip your hand off and then almost kill you in front of everybody. Right, which he could have um, easily done. I mean, is that what the final fight scene you wanted? You wanted Claw just to, like, get, what, his 
throat slashed in like two seconds instead of basically cause, causing some type of mutiny or evolution or revolution or something. I mean, yeah. And uh, most of those people were just like, oh, well, fuck, well, there's there's T'Challa right there, so you're not king, bro. Right. <laughs> and then that one guy's like, no, we got you. And he's like, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how the ending is shaped up to go. But, yeah, I mean, Michael B. Jordan. I mean, that's, that's what we discussed whenever we first watched this movie. And Michael B. Jordan uh, being the villain, uh, what are you going to do next? Right. <laughs> you really have to step that shit up now. Because you can't get worse than Michael B. Jordan now. You no. have to get somebody better. Because it would seem too weak if he wasn't as good as what Killmonger was, you know, if you get a new villain. Yeah, he was your starting villain. One of the greatest actors in Hollywood. Now you have to do better than that. Yeah. Top that. <laughs> yeah. But since we're talking about Killmonger, let's talk about Killmonger and what people don't like about him. <laughs> This is probably the biggest paragraph I think I have here. I also have a good bit about T'Challa, but we'll talk about Killmonger first. Okay. So, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character had fairly reasonable intentions for wanting to kill the Black Panther and take his place in Wakanda, as he had been abandoned with seemingly no family to live in the ghettos of Oakland. However, his whole plan to give advanced Wakandan weaponry to every African person in the world so they could kill and overthrow people in power who weren't African was extremely on the chin in terms of its narrative motivations within the current climate. It wasn't remotely clever or nuanced and really unbalanced his character. His motivations were understandable, but his plan was moronic. Mm -hmm. The antagonist appears out of nowhere and takes the throne he deserves by winning all too easily in a non-super fight. To this, T'Challa thinks his right to claim revenge and take his throne back even though he lost it fair and square. True, he neither died nor surrendered, but he did black out and lost. But hey, apparently getting rid of the immigrant seems to supersede honor. Uh, am I the only one who noticed the parallel between the antagonist's plan of arming the, the globally disenfranchised with weapons and U.S. foreign policy for these past many decades? Yet this seems to be a good enough reason for wanting him off the throne. That, and he's a foreigner, something disturbing enough that the Jabari tribe decide to come down from their mountains in order to help Black Panther. I don't think the movie sends out the right messages. He was smart enough to graduate from the Naval College at 19 and go to MIT for grad school, but opts to become a SEAL who kills hundreds of people. Right. Worse yet, Killmonger also appears to be the only character in the history of Wakanda that has any sort of common sense. (laughs) So I don't think he understood that movie. Right. <laughs> uh, what? Okay, so what? There's a lot to digest there. Yeah, isn't there? what Killmonger was trying to do was basically start World War Three. Yeah, he was trying to arm the world to just take down all leaders and all governments. He says that, like, not just you know, black people against white people. He's talking about just destroying all governments. Right. And everything. Why should anyone listen to anybody? Anarchy. Worldwide anarchy. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Ross talks about, like, that was one of the things that he was trained to do in, like, Afghanistan and some of these other places was to destabilize governments so that you could execute a takeover. You know, that's exactly what he's trying to do here. He's using his training very well to try and destabilize Wakanda so he can take it over and then use Wakandan's power... 
Wakanda's power and its technology to try and fuel his little war that he's trying to start here. Yeah, I think a lot of this stuff can be summed up to 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 some thoughts. I, I have this video I'd like to play for you guys. It lasts about five minutes and fifty seconds. So if you guys want to skip it, that's how long it lasts because it's it's not a visual thing. It's a, it's a comedic thing uh, that this guy talks, and we'll come on we'll come on on this after. So this is a guy named Ryan that does these pitch meetings. Oh right, this is the pitch. Yeah, from this, Screen this Rant. Is, yeah, this is the Black Panther one. I don't know. Have you heard this one? Uh, no, I was saving it because I I thought you were gonna do it for the show, so yeah, I didn't so watch it. Yeah, so I'm going to do it for the show. When it looks right. Yes, sir, I do. And this one's all about Black Panther. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So what other Avengers are in it? Oh, uh, none. None. It's just Black Panther. Oh, no. No? We don't do that anymore. What do you mean? If you're doing a solo Marvel movie, you need more than one superhero in there. Like how Iron Man was in Spider-Man Homecoming, or how Guardians is about a team of space heroes, or how we put everyone in Captain America Civil War. It's just how we sell things now. Well, what about Doctor Strange? Yeah, see, that didn't even make it into our top ten highest grossing movies. Oh. Yeah, we kind of thought it would sell itself because of the star power of Blemidich Cumberbatch. Right. Well, <laughs> I'd still like to give it a try. You think a Chadwick Boseman-led movie is going to do better than one led by Bernadette Camberbench? I think it could. This is Barnacle Clampersnatch we're talking here. Okay, you're not even trying to say his name right anymore, are you? Yeah, no, I stopped trying. Listen, I think if this movie tells a good story, it could do pretty well. <laughs> All right, so... What's the story? Well, T'Challa goes home to Wakanda now that his dad is dead and he's the Black Panther. Ah, oh, and Captain America and Bucky are there. No, they're not. You have to mention them. We showed them there at the end of Civil War. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll throw Bucky in a post credit scene, I guess. Yes. Awesome. So we're good now? Oh, yeah. Now we're going to be able to sell this movie. Really? Yeah, now we have that Sebastian Stan star power, so we're good. Well, great. So anyway, for T'Challa's coronation where he becomes Black Panther, he has to drink this thing that takes away his Black Panther powers. Wait, he already has the powers? Yeah, he had them in Civil War. Right, but we're saying he's about to become Black Panther because his dad died. That's right. And to do that, they have to make him not Black Panther anymore? How, how does that work? Yeah, we're not really going to explain that in the movie. Oh, but we will explain it in a Black Panther prelude comic, so if fans want to know more, they can pay me money. Exactly. Money is tight. Oh, are you having money problems? No. What? You said money was tight. It is tight. Okay, so anyway, T'Challa has to go through this ceremony where people can try to kill him if they want to be king. Whoa. Yeah, they don't mess around in Wakanda. You'd think as the most advanced nation in the world they'd have figured out a way to move past bloodlines and death fights. Well, it's tradition, so what are you gonna do? Try not to die, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But other than death fights, Wakanda's a pretty cool place. Oh yeah? Yeah, they have a bunch of awesome stuff like vibranium weapons and cool ships and super crazy technology. Very cool. Also war rhinos. Did you say war rhinos? Yeah, war rhinos. What does that even mean? War rhinos, like, you know, rhinoceroses of war. If they have vibranium weapons, why do they need rhinos? That's actually a good question. Let me check here. I think I have an explanation. Uh, yeah, because it's awesome. It sounds kind of silly. It's awesome. Yeah, but they... Okay, look, I didn't want to have to do this, but if you don't let me put war rhinos in this movie, I'm going to go on a tweet storm of Infinity War spoilers, so help me God. You wouldn't. I want those rhinos. Okay, look at me. Put the phone down. We'll put the rhinos in the movie. Great, thanks. So what else happens? Well, there's this dude named Claw who stole a bunch of vibranium from Wakanda back in the day and killed a bunch of people and then never aged. Okay. And we see him and this guy Killmonger steal an artifact from a museum that nobody knew was actually made of vibranium. How come they know it's made of vibranium? Because. Okay. And so Claw goes to Korea to sell this vibranium to an American buyer. Where does Killmonger go? Oh, well he goes 
away for a good chunk of the movie. Mysterious. So the Wakandans find out about this deal and they see it as their chance to finally capture Claw. Oh yeah, get some sweet justice. Right, and this guy Wakabi's parents were killed by Claw back in the day. So T'Challa tells him, my man, I'm definitely gonna capture this guy for you. You have my word, I promise. This is gonna happen. I'm gonna do this for you. I swear to God. So that's obviously not gonna work out. Yeah, no, it doesn't work out. What happens? Well, they do capture Claw, but then Killmonger shows up and helps him escape. Ah, oh, Killmonger's back. Yeah, it turns out he had his own evil plan going on this whole time. Oh, what's he planning? His plan is to kill Claw and bring him to Wakanda to show that he's better than T'Challa. And I imagine it's gonna be hard for him to get into Wakanda. No, actually super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Really? Yeah, he's just gonna kinda walk in and then immediately run into Wakabi. Oh, that is convenient. Yeah, I mean, the very first person he runs into is the one that would have the most emotional response to seeing Claw's body, so that works out well for him. But I guess T'Challa can just defuse the whole situation by explaining what happened. You'd think so, like, hey Wakabi, we did capture Claw, but this guy Killmonger attacked the holding cell with explosives. Right, that would defuse things. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, he doesn't do that. Oh, okay. And as it turns out, Killmonger is T'Challa's cousin, and his dad was killed by T'Challa's dad. Uh-oh. So he challenges him to a death fight and throws him off a waterfall. Whoa. And so Killmonger becomes king, and he wants to send vibranium throughout the world to help oppressed people rise up and- Wait, 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 hold on. What are you doing? What's up? You're kind of developing this villain a lot. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's not really what we do here. Right, but maybe we could, you know, try that. <laughs> You're crazy, man. All right, well- We'll give it a shot. You're nuts. So anyway, T'Challa was being kept alive by this tribe called the Jabari. And so he's like, hey, help us come reclaim the throne. And they're like, no. Harsh. Yeah, and then T'Challa goes back and there's a huge fight between everyone. Very cool. And right when it seems like everything's gonna go wrong, the Jabari tribe shows up to help. Oh, good thing they suddenly changed their mind at the exact right moment. Yeah, it's a pretty sudden and great change of heart with millisecond precise timing. <laughs> and how does it end? Well, then T'Challa and Killmonger have a CGI cat fight and Killmonger dies. Wait, are you saying there's a final fight full of CGI where the hero fights a bad guy who has similar powers? Yeah, I guess so. Now that is a Marvel third act. I love it. So you think it'll do well? Well, we kind of have to make this movie to set up Infinity War, but based on what you've told me, no, I don't think it's going to do well at all. At the end of it, it says, uh, Black Panther is now the highest grossing superhero movie film of all time. <laughs> <laughs> at least at the time it was, yes. Now uh, it's Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Oh, man. The good old they pitch do, meetings. Yeah, the good old pitch meetings. They do develop the villain a uh, ton in this movie. Right. Uh, some of the other stuff he said, I don't know, you guys give us your comments about what you what you were thinking, but it's a lot of, a lot of what uh, some of these other people have said. And um, the War Rhino thing, sure, it might be a little ridiculous, but it is cool. It is cool. <laughs> I mean, if you don't really want to spend, like, a sh If you have giant fucking rhinos, it's just easier to throw armor on them to, like, build... than to build, like, tanks and shit. You could use that metal for something else. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Just kill the rhinos, then? Just, because you obviously have rhinos. Yeah, you have giant fucking rhinos that are bigger than real rhinos. What are you gonna do with them? Like, yeah, put them in, like, them circuses or something? Right! <laughs> yeah, this is, uh... We're gonna do the, uh, you know... Uh, the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey right. Circus with giant fucking rhinos <laughs> that serve no purpose. Like, well, that's no point. Like, put armor on them motherfuckers and let them go to battle. That's way easier. It's like the one pitch meeting thing that he does whenever he does the Jurassic uh, World one. And he was like, so you have a new uh, Jurassic Park script for me, okay? He's like, what's it called? And he was like, well, the last one was a park, but what's bigger than a park? And the, the guy's like, I don't know. 
the world and he was like is that it he's like yeah yeah you guessed it and he looks down on his paper and it says jurassic circus jurassic, jurassic circus yeah yeah i remember seeing that one and it had like a fucking raptor with like a clown nose and shit on. Yeah. i was like what the hell that's so stupid um uh, but uh since uh the movie is about killmonger versus t'challa right let's right. talk about our king t'challa so the main character of the film is t'challa a character so depressingly dour and serious he could be a candidate for depression. Basically, throughout the entire movie, you never really learn anything or see anything of the Black Panther's character. He basically moves from one place to another, showing no emotion, and just either smashes things or asks people questions. Apparently, the character is supposed to be very intelligent. While it was probably a narrative choice, the Black Panther in this movie seemed like an emotionless jarhead whose only real characteristic was that, that get nervous around his girlfriend. Uh, I mean, uh, hold on, hold on. If your girlfriend was Lapita Nyong'o, would you not get nervous around her? I mean, I get nervous just like seeing Lapita Nyong'o on the screen. I can't imagine being in like a scene with her, like in you know? person. Like, <laughs> yeah. please, dude, get over yourself. Get out of your mom's basement. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I expect- if you met Lapita Nyong'o in real life, you'd pass out. Right? Yeah, because she's stunning. And also, she's like, she's a better human being than you if you're on IMDb yeah. bitching about She's beautiful this. and she's one of the best people in the world and one of the greatest actors in the world. Yeah. Actresses in the world. So, yeah. Whatever. Hater. <laughs> so it says, I expected Black Panther, T'Challa, to be acting as a wise, intelligent strategist who all, who all, and also a martial art mastery. I'm reading that verbatim. Uh, more. Of, yeah, he needs to be more of a martial arts mastery. <laughs> uh, it's, let me see if I can read this in one one go. And also a martial art mastery, more of like the Batman of Marvel Universe. Uh, <laughs> so he was really badly written. Uh, but anyway, it says additionally. So he thinks the Black Panthers like Batman because they both wear black. Is that I, what this I is? Yes. He's um, not. He's not Batman. He doesn't go like protecting Gotham, our city. It's not. No. Yeah. Uh, additionally, who didn't see Black Panther surviving his fall? Uh, and then it says Mbaku, the leader of the Jabari tribe, wants to be Black Panther very badly and hates every other tribe. But when presented with the chance to ingest the flower. That will give him the Black Panther strength and kill off T'Challa. Opts to help him recover instead of take the, back his throne. Uh, predictably, of course, he claims to not want to help T'Challa at first, only to show up during the battle. M'Baku doesn't actually claim he wants to be the Black Panther. He never claims that. He just wants to rule Wakanda. He wants to be the king. Which doesn't mean he wants to be a Black Panther. And he owes um, T'Challa debt for making him not die yeah sparing his life because he's like your people need you please don't make me kill you you yeah. know he 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 asked him not to make him kill him right and that was something that stuck with him so he owed a life for a life which is pretty much universal it's not yeah. even an african thing it should just be a, like a decency thing yeah because he because at the when mbaku challenges t'challa and he's like you know i'm going to challenge you they have the fight, you know, where he he doesn't have the Black Panther powers. It's stripped away from him because if if you're going to rule, you need to show that you can rule even if you don't have the powers, right? That's right. why it's taken away from you because if you can – anybody can be awesome if they have the heart-shaped herb and they eat it. But, but having said that, he doesn't beat Killmonger until he has the powers. But with the powers, he's he's better. 
Right. But the thing uh, with that scene, like the original time when he's challenged, it's basically testing him, you know, uh, it's his first kind of test as king now that he's been crowned and he's taken that from his father. It's like, okay, well, can you actually, you know, uh, can you fight off M'Baku? And he's got him in like, it's almost like a triangle lock, right? That he has him at the edge of the waterfall. And he was like, yield, your people need you. And then eventually he was like, ah, and then he taps, you know, he's like, okay, I yield, you know. And then basically he's like, look, I wasn't going to give up until you said something. Like, I was going to die. Yeah, I was going to let you just throw me over the waterfall or just kill me right there in front of everyone. Yeah, choke me out, you know. And he was like, don't do that, man, because, you know, you are a leader of your tribe. You're a leader of your people. Your people need you just like my people need me. You know, even though T'Challa has more to do because he runs all the tribes, he's the king of everybody. But it's the it, the thing with M'Baku is that he realizes when there's fishermen find him at the bottom of the waterfall, they find him in the river. That he knows, like, okay, he spared my life. I owe him, you know, to keep him alive. And, and he so, knows also that the next king isn't going to spare him his life if he, you know, and all that. Also, you know, that that's, that's something, too. Like If Killmonger takes over... He's not going to spare anyone's life. No. If you don't agree with him, you're going to die. If you don't, if you, you either join or you die. That's just kind of how he looks at things. It's very black and white. You know, it's very mm-hmm. plain. He knew if Killmonger was going to get defeated, that it would be um, T'Challa that could do it because he wasn't a better fighter than T'Challa. He already knew that. Right. But that's why he was like, no, I don't want to be the Black Panther because this guy's the only one that can be it because he's the only one that can defeat Killmonger because I got beat by T'Challa and T'Challa just beat him. Right. But I think that people talking about like how T'Challa is like he's boring in this movie and he doesn't have any emotion or any of that kind of stuff. It's like he literally tried to save his father from an explosion and he failed and his father died. So he has to go back home to Wakanda and he doesn't have his father anymore. He has to take over the mantle of being king. And it, there's a lot of things that he has weighing on his mind. Also, he's seen Nakia again. And Nakia is, like, him and Nakia have this complicated relationship because she's a spy. And she kind of left T'Challa so that she could do spy missions. You know and who she, Nakia is based off from, right? Who she's based off of? Yeah, no, she's based off of a real life person. Harriet Tubman. Oh, um, because she was actually a spy. Mm. And she uh, helped with the Underground Railroad and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's who Nakia is based off. Of. Oh, that's pretty cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you know his he has a lot of things on his plate right now because he has to take over the mantle of the king. He's still the Black Panther. They're trying to figure out what's going on with Claw. So he has a lot of things on his mind. He's not just gonna show up at Wakanda. And be like, hey, everybody, let's have a giant party. I'm king now, bitch. But it like, is pretty funny whenever uh, Shuri's showing him that uh, Black Panther suit about the charging of the suit or whatever. Right, yeah. And he kicks it and he sends it flying. And she was like, hit it again in the exact same spot. And he hits it and it knocks him back. And he's like, delete that video. Yeah. Are you, are you recording? <laughs> and she was like, it's only for scientific purposes. And he was like, okay. And then he like kicks it, and then it like flings him back. And then he was like, delete that video. <laughs> delete that video. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get into we'll get into more stuff about like uh, Shuri here in a second. Uh, but uh, 
No, I've, don't limit my Shuri time, man. Right, now we're going to have a whole that. paragraph about Shuri. I, Shuri would have got her own comment. Uh, so, the... Uh, I think the the thing that people kind of forget about this is that like the way that Chad Mc, Chadwick Boseman is is playing this. Did you call him Chad Mick? Chad, whatever. Chad Mick, awesome. Like you know, whatever. Good uh, save. Good save. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, we've been drinking rogue ale, so you know, slurred mm-hmm. words are just the way of life. Ch- old Chad Mick, awesome. <laughs> right. Chad Mick, awesome. Uh, <laughs> Chad but, Mick, awesome Boseman. Right, yeah. But get it trending. <laughs> Chadwick Bozeman is trying to play uh, T'Challa here with a lot of complexity because he has a lot of shit on his plate right now. And to say that like he's like emotionless, he has like Keanu Reeves emotionless face or something, like he's like <laughs> people always, you know, say that about Keanu, like he has this emotionless face like Steve was talking about. And it's like Sometimes it's like, in your everyday life, do you, when you make, like, facial expressions and stuff like that, or do you over-exaggerate every fucking thing that happens to you? Or sometimes you just have, like, you just internalize things and then you deal with it. Like, if you have, like, stuff going on at home, like, you have, like, kids crying, you have wife, like, yelling at you, whatever. Right. You know, you're not, like, always making, like, a bunch of, like, disgusted faces and, like, just, like, really hamming it up. You know, you internalize things. That's what T'Challa's doing here. Chadwick does an awesome job in this movie. He did an awesome job in the uh, Captain America Civil War. Yeah. You know, like... It was an Avengers movie. Yeah, essentially. It was kind of like the Avengers two and a half, you know. But uh, I think that people sometimes, they don't understand what good acting is. And when they see it, they don't realize that it's good acting because they're like, oh, well, they're just not showing any emotion. It's like, no, he's showing emotion. It's just like, what do you want? You want him to be like crying? You want him to be like happy and backflipping all the time? Like, he's not, he's a complex character. He has complex shit going on in his life. To just expect him to just like overhype or overrun everything where all of his emotions are crazy, like, that's not realistic. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the Revenant. Right, (laughs) yeah. I mean, they don't have the same kind of shit going on. I mean, there isn't a giant fucking bear attacking you in this no. movie. You know, maybe a giant rhino, but, you know, anyway. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that rhino did not want to attack Koya, though. No, it definitely didn't. It's it, like, this is mommy. He started licking her. Right, yeah. It's kind of like, I think I'm in agreement with that rhino, though. Wouldn't we all like to lick the Nigerira? Don't get gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bullshit. You knew you would, too. Don't bullshit me. Uh, or Lapita Nyong'o, for that matter. Um, but, uh, anyway, since we're talking about the women, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get to point seven. The women in this movie had a bit of attitude and charisma and shouldn't uh, be blanketed down with the Black Panther and, and Warmonger <laughs> as bad characters. Warmonger. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't remember Warmonger in this movie. Was he, uh, uh like, a... Easter egg character or something? Yeah, he was a hidden character. He was, you know, after they do the Bucky scene at the end, there's another scene with Warmonger. No, no, Warmonger. That was the Asian chick, right? That led him into the casino. That's Warmonger. Yeah, she's like a famous Marvel character. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I was testing you. You actually got it yeah, right. Yeah, I got yeah. it right. Yeah, it was the old lady. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Asian lady that led him into the that club. That she's like, go in. I know you're going to fuck the whole casino up. Go yeah, in anyway. your mountain of weapons. But anyway, that's Warmonger, in case you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they didn't really get a chance to shine and really only contributed a few one-liners and a bit of fighting. The female bodyguards were the nearest thing to Mary Sue's in this movie. Really, beating up men twice their size with the same military background... Despite being advanced, T'Challa's bodyguards used spears and called guns primitive? Seriously? Yeah, because... Have you ever read? Um, okay, so... You don't know this. Apparently, obviously. <laughs> there was these royal soldiers called Shakazula. <laughs> uh, that is what this is based off from. And their spears can do way more damage than a gun. And that is exactly who these people were based off from. Shaka Zula. Because uh, they're like, uh, they're supposed to be like Zulu warriors, right? Yes. That's um, exactly what they're supposed to be. Right. And they, that's why their hair's shaved too, because a lot of Shaka Zula warriors were also female. And uh, that's why they're female in pretty much all the Black Panther stuff. Even the comic books from the 60s. Right. It was all female bodyguards. I think what people are forgetting is that their spears are made of vibranium. Yeah. She, so she will fuck you up. I mean, you you get in a fight with her, you die. Right. I mean, most likely you die. But I I think that uh, people were saying that like the the royal guards, like the uh, group of women that Okoye runs. They're, they're kind of like... Would they be kind of like Secret Service almost? They're yeah, kind of royal like guards. The, they're like the, the king's royal guards, so they're kind yeah. of like Secret Service to the president, if you use like in the American analogy. So the idea that they would just be like ridiculously overpowered for no reason, like, no, these women train constantly to hone their skills. You don't become the royal guard for the king if you're like weak and can't do anything and you have no fighting skills. And Okoye definitely wouldn't be a general if she was not a badass. You see that when they're at the club. Like, she fucks up some dudes with that spear, you know. Well, even, like, in Civil War, when Natasha goes to talk to uh, uh, T'Challa or whatever, you know, Okoye's kind of like, yeah, don't get close. And he's like, as much as I'd like to see this, you know. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he was like, I'd like to see this fight between Okoye and Natasha. And, uh, but no. Widow, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like no, no. Well, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, let's not do this. Stand down. I don't know. I don't know who would win that fight. I guess it depends on if Black Widow has her guns or if it's just like a straight hand to hand fight. Well, a straight hand to hand fight. I still don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That would be interesting I guess to I'd see. Probably say Natasha, but only because I've seen her more. Yeah. I don't you know? I have. I don't think I've seen enough of Koye to know if she could beat Natasha, but. Natasha's pretty hard to beat. I mean, she sat down on the ground with Captain America during the first Avengers and just fought like a entire alien army. So right, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, it the 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 thing that I think people had problems with because they even had people that were like, you know, why, you know, why do, why should we care about Nakia because she doesn't like really do all that much to fight in this movie and it's like she's a spy she's not normally going to be a lot of doing a lot of direct fighting 
you know, like the only time that she really fights in the movie is at the end when she's like helping Shuri and they're trying to deal with Killmonger because he has the, he has the leopard suit, right? Doesn't he have the, it's like the black leopard suit because it has the leopard spots on the head. Yeah, you know, he, he has, has the, the gold. Suit, yeah. He has the gold necklace with that's the leopard suit. Yeah, and so they're fighting him, and it's. I think what people were forgetting is that Nakia is not normally a warrior. She didn't even want to grab the armor until Shuri told her to, and she was like, you know, grab that, and she was like, oh, I don't want to. She's like, it's armor. We're gonna need it, you know. So, I just think that people, for some reason, it's like I think. To a degree, what it is, is I think people, whenever they see, like, women doing awesome shit, for some reason, in their brain, they think, well, that's not realistic. Like, how the fuck would, you know, somebody like Nakia be able to actually hold her own against Killmonger? And it's like, she is a spy. She does have, like, some training. Like, you, you know, I mean, you wouldn't be a Wakandan spy if you didn't have some kind of martial arts training, right? right? So she does have some training. Now, to say that she could fight Eric straight up with the suit on and also having the heart-shaped herb, yeah, she's probably going to lose that fight, but she'll be able to hold her own for a while, and she did. You know, Shuri did too. But, you know, Shuri also had some, uh, she had some advanced weaponry that she had built. She's not really a warrior either. She's just, like, she has really, she's really good at building weapons. She's not a fighter, but she could yeah. possibly become the next Iron Man. Right, yeah. That was, well, and then we'll get into that when we talk about Shuri here, but uh, I think... As far as the women go, the women are one of the coolest things about this movie. Agreed. So, since we're talking about the women, one thing I did want to note before we talk about Shuri specifically is it's uh, one of the things that uh, Ryan Coogler put in the movie because I watched, uh, I forget which, which YouTube channel it was on. Uh, I think it was like Wired Magazine and they had like a thing where it was like, uh, Kugler talking about like the way that he directed and the way like we did like the fight scenes and just like visual things. When the the two girls, when Nakia and Okoye are with T'Challa, and they go to South Korea because they're they're looking for Claw. When they walk into that club in South Korea, uh, Okoye is wearing red, and Nakia is wearing green, and T'Challa is wearing black, which are the the traditional colors of the like the normal African flag. Mm-hmm. The traditional African flag is red, black, and green. And he was like, I put them in that arrangement so that it looked like the African flag with their outfits. Yeah, there's actually a lot of color coding in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool because I'm like, I thought you would mention that when you were doing like your little kind of trivia notes, and I'm like, I just thought of it when we were talking about. Yeah, I thought about it, but it seemed like it was out there everywhere. Like, there's a lot of blue anytime uh, Killmonger's on the scene. Uh, a lot of times, there's a lot of blue. Yeah. And there's, um, like, a lot of uh, purple when it's T'Challa. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that's pretty interesting, I think, how they... You can, you can just find visual stuff in a movie like that, you know? But uh, since we're talking about the women, let's talk about Shuri, which... I don't know how you feel, but Shuri is probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. Oh, yeah. Disney princess. Shuri. A Disney princess. And she is more intelligent than any of those other princesses. Because, like, seriously, Belle, fuck that. You don't have the technology skills that she does. Little Mermaid, you can't handle this. I mean... No, no. <laughs> none of those can do it. Moana, Cinderella. you could barely sell at the beginning of your movie. Right, yeah. 
So you're invalid, you know, the girl from Princess and the Frog, you can't develop shit like this. And I don't want to ruin anything about Affinity War, but she does make fun of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner in that movie about their technology. <laughs> but, so uh, that just gives you, like, a, um, like an idea of how smart she, are. Because she is, because Bruce Banner and Tony are, like, the two, partis- like the two smartest people. Like, in the Avengers. And then she's just like, aw, you guys tried kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how fucking smart she is. Right. So, uh, uh, point number eight. There is a 16-year-old girl who literally has an IQ of every other character combined. Why is Black Panther the hero? Why does Iron Man lead the Avengers? You could just recruit this chick to fix every single problem on Earth. She's smart, probably has an IQ around 1,000, not even exaggerating, the stuff she builds is just insane. She is an elite warrior who fights better than Wakanda's soldiers and elite royal guards. She knows how to fix hold everything. On, on. She's, she's not a fighter. No, she's definitely not. She's, she doesn't she's a, really fight in this movie. She has these little blaster things that's just kind of like, get the fuck away from me. Right, yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they're pretty badass because they like fire like, energy pulses and like dudes get like fucking blown away by it. Yeah, she's not she's not a fighter though. She hasn't been trained to fight. She's not better than the royal guards, definitely not. Like no, she's not she could, trained. She's she a, couldn't she's beat a, a scientist. Koye. Yeah, she couldn't she couldn't beat anybody in this movie. She's an she's an engineer. You know that's what her that's what her her life is. She's not a warrior like a Koye. If like Shuri and a Koye were in a fight, a Koye would win in about two seconds. Yes. But building shit, Shuri would win if it was like a technology fair. <laughs> yeah, because half of Wakanda has. Sure he's shit. So. Right, yeah. Uh, so it says, uh, she knows how to fix everything. She is smarter than characters who have spent their entire lives dedicated to science. She can drive better than a Formula One racer. Yeah, and she invented 90% of the stuff in Wakanda at just the age of 16. I wonder how that works. Wakanda is supposedly thousands of years old, after all. Oh, and she uh, is arrogant and has a terrible sense of humor. They try too hard to push Shuri as the lovable Q-like character, but she was never convincing at all. If anything, she was beyond annoying. Gadgets are senseless. Maybe worse than some of James Bond's gadgets. Movie doesn't explain the shoe pads and Okoye appearing in T'Challa and Wakabi's palms. I'm guessing alien technology. But even if it is alien technology, it's really bad. The Black Panther suit was especially bad. Looked like some kind of bulletproof hologram. Which could have been cool if that's what they were going for. <laughs> well, it probably was. Um, uh, well, Shuri, I mean... Do you think that what it is is that people think that a girl who comes from a nation like this can't have that kind of education because she's in Africa? Do you think that that's a racial thing? I don't know if this guy thought any of this through because it seems like he's lost his thought you know, partially way through it because he seems like he was like building her up like she should be the main character. She can kick everyone's ass. But she's also garbage. Why is she here? Right. But remember, these comments are taken from multiple people. This was like two different comments I found this from. I think. Oh, so you had two, di- well, I had two different I, assholes. That's why that I was were, confusing. Yeah, I had two different people complaining about Shuri, and I blended it into one kind of giant comment. But people kept saying that like she was like ridiculously like too smart for her own good. And I was like, okay, so let's put this in context. Tony Stark can build a fucking he can build essentially like a uh something like a hadron collider in his fucking basement and he can develop something that becomes a new 
element that they've never discovered before because of some shit that he built in his basement. He can also make Iron Man suits that can basically compact themselves into a suitcase, you know, and he can do all of this kind of shit. And when it's Tony Stark, people are like, well, Tony Stark's just a genius, right? Because he graduated from MIT when he was like 17 or whatever. I forgot what he was in the first Iron Man, but they're talking about he was a teenager when he graduated from MIT. And so people are totally cool with Tony Stark doing it because it's Robert Downey Jr., right? Shuri can build pretty much the same type of shit, if not even more advanced than what Stark can build. And because she's a 16-year-old or 17-year-old, however old Shuri is, black girl in the middle of Africa, they think that that's not realistic. You do realize that there are women who are scientists and engineers, right? Right. (laughs) I think people forget that sometimes. It's like... Were you saying that Shuri can't be that good because she's from Africa and they don't have education like that? Have you seen the shit that Wakanda has? Do you think that they would have that kind of technology if it wasn't for Shuri coming up with shit? Most of the shit that they use on their missions are based on shit that she has designed. Well, they were advanced before Shuri, but she she definitely had some great ideas. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's very cool to see it. I mean... Like, the her nanotechnology we- stuff is, like, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that they uh, they wouldn't be as successful um, in a lot of their missions if it wasn't for her, right? Because of their the, the all the technology that she builds. But essentially, that's what Shuri's supposed to be. She's kind of like the Q character, and T'Challa's kind of like Bond. I think even Ryan Coogler said that you know that relationship was kind of inspired by Bond and Q because Q's the gadget guy. Well, I, I mean, maybe he added that, but that was in the comic books. I mean, yeah. so he, that was way before his time. Yeah, but I think that he, he said that he liked the dynamic of that because it felt like a Bond to Q type of relationship. It doesn't feel like that to me, but, I mean, that's okay. But, I mean, that's what Q is in the Bond, you know, novels and in the Bond movies. I mean, he's I know he makes guy. gadgets, but just because she makes gadgets doesn't make her Q. A lot of people make gadgets. That'd be like, okay, Doc Brown's Q to Marty McFly, then. Right. <laughs> well, he doesn't really... doesn't make any sense. He only really kind of built one thing that was really worth the shit, and that was the time machine, and that caused more problems than it solved. <laughs> but, you know, anyway. Uh, but, I, I, to me... It's like, who's the person who gets probably the best reaction in the movie? It's Shuri, right? We went to go see this movie. Like, when it came out, we saw it, like, the Sunday of that weekend when it came out. And everybody laughed at Shuri's jokes and stuff in the movie, right? You remember all that. Oh, yeah. Like, when she does the, what are those? When she sees his, like, sandals and everything. Yeah, she was my favorite part of the movie. Right, yeah. Shuri was awesome. And then, you know... When, uh, you know, he shows up uh, and he gets, like, his royal reception because his mom comes to see him when he gets off the ship and everything. And Nakia, you know, comes to see him and, like, that kind of stuff. Uh, or Nakia's with him. And then, they, you know, they, they have, like, the royal party basically coming out to, like, you know, welcome T'Challa back because he's going to be, you know, you know crowned as king now. And, uh, you know, she was like, you know, well... Just because something works doesn't mean that it can't be improved upon. And he was like, maybe you can improve upon your outfit for when you know we go through the ceremony. And then she like flips him off. That's why <laughs> she had the Princess Leia buns. Right, yeah. And then uh, then her mom's like, uh, Shuri? <laughs> and she's, she's kind of like, sorry, like, mother. Yeah, sorry, mother. <laughs> you know, like, that's just because she's like, you know, people saying that, like, she's arrogant or whatever. It's like, if you're that smart, 
you know how good your you know how good you are you know how good your technology is she's gonna be but she's also a teenager like how many teenagers are like really humble especially now with these like millennial fucking teenagers that come up now that just think that everything revolves around instagram and twitter and yeah. they want to talk shit all the time like she's just kind of a product of that generation not to take away from her intelligence but she does like to fuck with people <laughs> you know she does i mean she fucks yes. with her brother all the time but you know he was he's also the first one there to defend her too because you know killmonger was about to he was about to kill her and then t'challa runs up and then smacks him and then they fall you know, into, like, where the subway system is. Right. And that sets up, like, the final fight. But, you know, I think that, you know, people thinking that, like, Shuri's shit is overpowered, it's like, no, her stuff is generally really practical. It's not, like, overpowered or anything. It's just, like, this is the kind of technology you need if you're doing things like missions, you know? Like, just even, like, listening devices. Like, when, you know, he's talking to Ross and he puts his hand on his shoulder and he leaves that little that little radio device on his shoulder. Like, that's a very, very practical thing that they can just put on yeah, somebody. Yeah, that's, that's not uncommon in movies. That's been, like, every movie. Yeah. It's spy-related. It's like, called a radio. <laughs> yeah, it's called a radio. It's from the Q branch. Right. Okay, but, uh, so before we get to the next comment, we have another commercial. Oh, man. Everyone, do me a favor. Let's use your thinkers for a minute. What's the sweetest candy you can buy? Quick answer, it's love. If you want to know more about how you can buy all the love you need and get the sweetest candy in the world, call me, Earl Cranberry. Okay, that's okay. another, uh... He wouldn't even leave a number. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe he's in the phone book. Do, do people still have phone books? Uh, they still make them, but people usually just, you know, use them as, like, you know, things to, like, in case you have, like, a table that's wobbly, you put the phone you book under it. put it under the phone book, you know, I so guess. balances it back out. Because there's a thing Google that exists it? called Google that you can look up pretty much any fucking number, you know? Like you could, you could literally just find like Bill Gates's phone number and just be like, oh, "I'm gonna call Bill Gates, see what's up." I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked it up. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Okay. <laughs> so everyone, look up Bill Gates's phone number. And call him. Immediately. Yeah. And call him, and you know, you know, ask save for money. money. Yeah, ask for money. He'd be like, "Dude, I know you got it. Fucking hand over the cash. <laughs> Let me borrow a million dollars. Right. I like your hat. Really, you like it? Yeah." <laughs> That's a very nice hat, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, point number nine. Uh, the visuals, then. If you were a fan of over-the-top carnival-esque stages and dresses and, ahem, state-of-the-art CGI that has, to, uh, that has to make up for the lack of true cinematography, then this movie is for you. I know it is an action movie, but does that really mean that the makers needed, uh, need to test the audience's susceptibility to epilepsy? It is a poor man's shock and awe to the senses. Honestly, the CGI in Black Panther felt extremely overused and was surprisingly quite bad. It really took me out of some scenes because the environments and effects looked average. Not quite Justice League bad, but not far off. At best, it is a movie made this with... This is just an all-around hater. <laughs> at best, the movie is made with 90% green screen sequences. It not is true. obvious in scenes in Wakanda, for instance... 
where the plains slash mountains are in the background, but they are clearly filming in front of a green screen. Some They're the actually eff- not. That's in Georgia. Some of the of the effects just look silly and got laughs out of me at my party. I personally thought the rhinos what? were stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so a lot of this film, a lot of this movie was filmed on location in Georgia, uh, not in Africa. It was it was filmed in mostly Georgia, and then the stuff in South Korea was actually on location in South Korea. Yeah. Um, that's how they get those streets and stuff to look like that because it's really hard to duplicate South Korea yeah so South Korea is very similar to like Japan it's really hard to fake that because you can't get the atmosphere and like the the signs and the lights and everything on the buildings and stuff but I mean you could you could build something that looks like Wakanda on a set you know yeah you could but they 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 did a lot of this stuff uh, on location in Georgia and then um so they did a bunch of practical stuff. I mean, don't hate because Ron Coogler is a director that can just blow minds and make a billion dollars. Yeah. 1.3 <laughs> billion dollars. But Dr. This is... Evil would leave us all alone if he had that Ron Coogler money. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is the same thing that people bitched and complained about the prequel trilogy, right? When we were talking about Star Wars... Uh, people hated CG and a lot of stuff, you know. And I think what it is is that if you're watching the movie and you're thinking, like, man, the CG on this is bad, just fucking stop watching movies. Because yeah. there's no way you can make something like Wakanda practically. Now, the, the, the tribal part of it, you can. Because that's just costuming and face paint and that kind of shit. That's easy to do. You, all you have to do is just have a really badass costume department, and they did because all the all the like African dress on this shit looks awesome. Like their outfits are look cool looking, but you can't make shit like you know fucking like flying ships and stuff like that unless you have the aid of a computer. You know? Yeah, you can't be like we built actual Wakanda. Yeah, we built the actual Wakanda. Full working government and everything. Actual technology, and now we can film the movie. Because internet trolls. Right. Look, I watched the movie Double Team, and I was fine with those graphics. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wow. Um, But I think that... Do you remember that movie? uh, Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, I remember some of that. It was like Dollar Store Kid and Ryu, dude. And then Uh, Steroid Guy... Dude with the flat top. Uh, it was double team. Fuck, who was in double team? I forgot now. So don't ask me who was in it. I mean, uh, nobody. <laughs> nobody was in that movie. Uh, Mark DeCasos was in that movie. Oh, okay. Well, that's somebody. At least he was one Mark, of them. At least we know Mark DeCasos. Mark but... DeCasos and that that other guy. Uh, I don't remember. Not Mark DeCasos. Uh. Are you thinking about Double Team or Double Dragon? Because they made a movie about Double Dragon. Yeah, d- yeah, Double Dragon. That's what I'm thinking. About. Okay, because I was like Double Team. Double Team, like, Jean Claude Van Damme and, and like Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Right? Yeah, I was like, yeah, hey. yeah, you're right. You're I was right. getting confused because I'm like, maybe I haven't seen it in so long, I totally forgot. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much the same plot as Double Team, though. <laughs> Good way to save that one, Steve. <laughs> I mean, th- there was too much double stuff in the 90s. Like, everything was, like, double. Right. Like, every title to everything was double something. Yeah. It's like, people want to see 
two times the action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, it, what, what, it, can you think of a movie that had, like, really, like, really shitty CG that you can remember that was just so awful that you still remember it to this day? And it could be an independent movie, it could be whatever, but, like, think of the worst CG that you can think of. The worst CG that, like, ruined it for me in a movie? Or yeah, that you were like, oh, fuck, this just looks like it's a bunch of cardboard. Fuck, this is And I horrible. couldn't watch it? Like, it was just so bad that you are like, fuck, man, like, you didn't even put any money into this. Yeah, like, it ruined the movie for you. Like, basically anything Uve Bowl. Uve Bowl. Uh, so, the, like, Blood Rain? Yeah. Like that that was... one had pretty bad CG. I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah, because I, I tried to finish that movie and I couldn't. And I, I love Blood Rain. Like, the actual games are badass. The movie? Fucking dog shit. Like, it's horrible. Like, we're, we're beyond the hate. And there are, like, the best part of that movie, I guess you could say, maybe Meatloaf. But it's also got, like, it has, like, Ben Kingsley in it, too, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got, like, fucking Meatloaf and Ben Kingsley in this movie and Kristana Locken and fucking wasted everybody's talent in that movie. But it's Juve Ball. Like, we know that he basically makes movies as a tax dodge. Like, he, he does, he's not a serious director. Oh, no. How about how about uh, the one with the, the Scorpion? No, no. What was that? Yeah, the Scorpion King. Scorpion King? Okay, so the Scorpion King did look kind of bad. I'll give you that. It was really, really bad. They People forget just... about that movie, but they, like, CGI'd, like, The Rock's whole face. It's like, what was The Rock not filming some of this right yeah it's like you could have just had his like his upper body and then just like you know cg maybe the scorpion part of his body yeah and they're just like no nah, let's just he doesn't need to <laughs> steve just broke phone. his iphone nope otterbox otterbox <laughs> sponsors uh the worst movie cg that i think i've ever seen i don't know you probably have never seen this movie but it, it's a movie called blood and it's, it's based off, like, an anime about this girl who's, like, a vampire slayer. And she's in, like, high school. So it kind of reminds you of, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it's, like, Japanese. There's a little bit more going on to it. If you guys have ever watched, like, the blood animated show, uh, it has way more than that. I'm trying to, like, super simplify this. But there's, like, one point where I try to remember. I, th I can't remember if it's, like, the principal or if there's, like, somebody in the movie that has to turn into, like, a demon and it is the worst fucking transformation I think I've ever seen in a movie where it's like he's just like the regular dude and then he tries to transform into this demon or like this like vampire demon type thing and it looks so horrible like the the CG it almost looks like you know when you're going through like graphic design school and you're learning how to build shit in the computer mm -hmm. and you do like the rough version and then it's like they got pressed for time, and they're like, just do the prototype. Don't finish it, because we don't have time. we got to submit it to the studio so they can edit it in. And they're like, well, I'm not fucking done like, with the textures or anything. They're like, fuck it. No, just do it, man. We're running out of money. We're running out of time. Just fucking submit it. That'll be good enough. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. It's, like, rough as fuck. If I ever find, like, just the clip of that, I might show it to you, like, later on when we're not on the show. But it, it's fucking awful looking. <laughs> I was like, it didn't take away from the movie for me necessarily, but it did make me think about it more than I should, you know? Yeah, because the graphics on uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation was awesome. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, even, and we'll, we'll probably do an episode about, like, the first Mortal Kombat, because I think we both like that movie. None of us like Annihilation. It was just almost, like, 80% CGI. Right, but, like, the first movie was actually pretty good. Like, we liked the first movie, mm -hmm. the first Mortal well, Kombat. Chris 
Chris Lambert. So. Chris Lambert. You got like Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa in it, and mm-hmm. Robin Chow, and the fucking asshole will play Johnny Cage. Like you know, <laughs> it's like perfect asshole. Right. This is the perfect douche asshole to play Johnny Cage. Just you know. That was not true, casting. though. It would have been Tom Cruise back in the day. Oh, oh man, if they would have actually got Tom Cruise, <laughs> that, he wouldn't have done that movie because they couldn't have afforded him. You no, know? but if they could have got Tom Cruise to play Johnny Cage, that would oh be my perfect. God. Yeah, which it's it's kind of funny because that character was based off of Jean Claude Van Damme. Right, but Tom yeah. Cruise would even be better. Right, he would actually in the movie it would have been awesome to see Tom Cruise as yeah. Johnny Cage. Jean Claude probably could have played someone else better. Right. Not even the person he was based off from. Right. Because Tom Cruise would have been the perfect person for Johnny Cage. Right. See, see, they based him off that, but they made Johnny Cage an American. And Jean-Claude Van Damme can't play an American. Because he's Belgian, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, but the muscles from Brussels. The muscles from Brussels. But, uh, yeah. You need some ass splits. That motherfucker can crush it. Yeah. <laughs> or he can also do the splits between two Volvos. Yeah. You've seen that commercial? Yeah, where he's on the he's on the trucks and he just like they just kind of like slowly drift and he can just split in between them. Yeah, he's amazing. Like it's yeah. Uh, But uh, so getting to uh, point number ten, right? The last point. Getting down to the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. Uh, Number ten. Political partisanship has now cemented its ugly head into almost every movie being delivered for mass consumption. Most moviegoers, such as myself, take in a flick to escape today's overt political nonsense, and everybody's got an agenda world we live in. Uh, even if only for a couple of hours, uh, forget about it. Not going to happen. For me, for me, there is uh, so much effort to preach, and that's what it is, a particular political viewpoint that it totally interferes with story and character development. Because of this, I found Black Panther almost unbearable, and struggled to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. Definitely an agenda behind all the hype. Politically, the theme of hating everyone that's not descendant from uh, descended from Africa was simmering away the whole time. Found that pretty off-putting. It's not 1970 anymore. Revisiting the politics of the Black Panther political party was pretty crass. Um, that's... What? <laughs> Isn't the plot that's helping other people? Yeah, that's the point that they're missing. At the end of it... T'Challa's like, you know, look, we, you know, we, we do probably need to help because we have the ability to help. Yeah, That's like, why he builds the outreach center and he buys all those buildings in Oakland. Yeah, he's like, we have to look beyond our differences, you know, and yeah. all that stuff. And we, you know, and all that. I mean, that's what the movie's about, right? Being united. He's basically, towards the end of this, kind of becoming like Martha, Martin Luther King that can kick ass. Which is kind of what Black Panther was based off from in the first place. It's yeah. like... Kind of like, what if Martin Luther King also kicked ass? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, what if uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was a badass and could fight motherfuckers and had, like, a badass suit? Yeah, you know? and it was, like, a, a, you know, like one of the richest people in the world and could invest in, you know, charities and help the world and also kick these shitty people's asses. Right. And that's kind of how this movie ends. I mean, he, he helps Bucky... Which he had no obligation to help. No. Um, Considering that he thought that Bucky had killed his dad. Which he, he didn't. No. So that this is... That's insane. It's insane that that's what you get from this movie. Because Killmonger was proven wrong in this movie, right? Because he's yeah. like... Well, fuck it. He was like, if... You know, if... 
you know, his his point about like you know we're we have always been like an oppressed people. Well, what if we flipped it? Because now we'd actually have the we'd have the technology, we'd have the resources, we'd have the money to like wage war against the people that have oppressed us for so long. And what are you going to do about that war? Oppress them? Yeah. That's the answer? No, that's not the answer. That's yeah. not the answer to anything. Yeah, I mean that's the same thing that Martin Luther King was was trying to preach. It's like instead of like trying to like fight up it's the same thing that you get into with like Professor Xavier and Eric Lyncher, right? That's the whole Magneto versus uh, you know, Professor X thing. Professor X believes that they can... We can live with these people. We can live with these have... people, the humans, we can coexist with them. And Magneto's like, no, if they won't give us our freedom, we will take it by force. And that is directly Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X's viewpoints. And so Killmonger is taking the Malcolm X approach. If they won't give us our freedom and they oppress us, we will kill them and take what we want. Whereas T'Challa's like, well, we don't need to do that. What if we just, what if we just like, we, we interact with the cultures and we work together? That's the better way to go instead of waging war and trying to just, you know, oppress differently colored people than us. It's like, we're no better than the people who took us. Yeah, you true know? hero approach. And these, you know, um, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee created this. So Yeah, this was created by like two Jewish white guys. Yeah, but you they know? know what it's like to be oppressed and victimized. So right, because they're always... Jewish. They just have a different approach on it. Yeah, so they, they wanted to write something important, and uh, Black Panther is definitely something very important to comic books. Right. To the world, actually, because it's, it's a very progressive point of view. And uh, this is something that uh, shouldn't be just ignored because they're like, oh, well, they're trying to push an agenda down my throat. What's the agenda? What's the agenda they're trying to push down your throat? Accepting people? Right. Working together? Yeah. God forbid you have to do something good for the world. Let's push that agenda down everyone's throat. I mean, the other thing, too, that I think people forget is that like, basically every Disney movie has some kind of moral to the story, right? Because right. their family movies, a lot of times your Disney stuff is designed for kids, and it's to teach kids about how to not be a dickhead how to not be an asshole and get along with people, you know? And, like, what Killmonger's trying to do is, like, well, fuck it, you know, let's just take it by force, let's just kill people, you know, and just take what we want. And it's like, you know, that, you know, for, like, because that's, that's all, like, pirate mentality is, right? If you look at, like, pirates from, like, the actual Caribbean, not the Johnny Depp version of the Pirates of the Caribbean, but real actual pirates, they were like, we will take what we want, and we don't give a fuck about anybody in the process. Exactly. We only care about ourselves. And what happens? The pirates died eventually because they got overrun by, you know, the well, the crown for one. But, you know, once they started to really crack down on the pirates, it's like, that didn't last, did it? That no. pirate lifestyle eventually died off because they either got killed at sea, or they got hanged, or they got shot you know, or whatever, because that lifestyle doesn't work. Just, well, we'll just kill them, and then we'll just stay on the run until, you know, we get taken or captured or whatever. It's like, you you can't live like that, to just constantly be at war with people. That's why, you know, T'Challa's like, well, what we'll do is, like, I'll build an outreach center, you know, and he was like, I've bought the building, you know, because it's the same building that, like, his father killed his uncle in, you know. And sure, he's like, we should tear it down. He was like, no, he's like, I'm going to keep this building, 
because we're going to make this the Wakandan Outreach Center. And then he decloaks the ship so that the kids can see it. And you know, people, there was one comment I found, and somebody was like, you know, like, that's pretty fucked up that they still have, like, the kids are still thinking that they can scrap the ship to try and sell it for parts or whatever because they're still thinking that ghetto mentality that they can break it down like they can chop shop it and then sell it off for parts. Because there's that one little clip, where there's that one little audio clip where that kid runs up to the ship and he was like, man, you could probably make good parts out of this, you know, or like sell parts from this. And then somebody was like, well, that's just kind of like racist to black people. Like every every black person's looking to take a vehicle and, and chop it up so they can resell it for scrap and stuff. And it's like, you're thinking way too much about this movie. Yeah, Ryan Coogler's black. Yeah, and he also grew up in Oakland. So, like, this movie is, is like, takes place in the city that he grew up in. So it's like, you know, but, I mean, there are people, there are kids that would probably think like that. But the one kid walks up to T'Challa and he's like, who are you? You know? Yeah, and, uh, the, see, it's all about perception. You say that it's a ghetto mentality. And they're just trying to, you know, do whatever. But they know it's just they're trying to do what it takes to survive. Right. In a poor society. So, yeah. But that's because they haven't been shown a different way of life. Why do you think the ghetto mentality exists? That the, the hood mentality exists? It's because people have this idea that the only way that they can survive is to, like, run guns or run drugs or join a gang or you know, deal drugs or whatever. Like, that's, you know, because there's, like, that whole mentality that, like, well, the only way I can get out of the ghetto is, like, if I have to be an athlete, I have to sell drugs, or I have to be a rapper. Like, that's how you get out of the hood, right? And T'Challa's basically I'm looking, not qualified to comment on that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, that's, that's usually what, that's kind of, like, the stereotype that, like, that's how you get out of the hood. That's how you get out of the ghetto is that you have to become, like, famous for something, be an athlete, be a rapper, or you get into drugs and you do it for so long, you make money, and then you get out of it, right? Right. And then, and then you might become like an artist, like Fifty Cent or something, because that's how a lot of your rappers come from. Jay Z was a drug dealer before he got into rapping. So was Biggie, because that's the only way that they knew how to get out of that life. But if you have somebody like T'Challa that shows up in a neighborhood and it was like, no, you can you can make something of yourself. You don't have to join a gang or deal drugs or whatever to get yourself into a better life there's we can do more for people than what we have been and i think that's what he's trying to do is break that cycle of that hood ghetto mentality that like there's only one way to survive in that world it's like no we can help with education we can make sure that these kids are, are raised better you know if they if they have parents that are pieces of shit we can help with that like he's thinking more big picture than right. he did when he first started because starting in a place like Oakland that has a lot of ghettos and a lot of bad neighborhoods, just in California in general, you have a lot of bad neighborhoods like that. I mean, NWA came from Compton. It, it, and Compton back in like the 70s, 80s was like full of crime, right? Mm -hmm. But you're never going to be able to break that unless you either provide more education or you provide better jobs and you show people that there is a way to get out of the ghetto mentality, you know? I just think that, you know, I'm I'm interpreting that from this movie, but some people are looking at this and they're like, well, they're trying to push that Black Panther stuff down my throat during this movie and it turns me off. It's like, if you're getting that from this movie, then I don't know what the fuck you're watching. Because this movie's pretty positive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's this positive message. It's something that should be spread 
to everyone. And I mean, everyone should see this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, you should go see it. Right. If you know someone that hasn't seen this movie, you should show it to them. I mean, uh, does it get a little political? Yeah, in spots. But it, it it's just enough to get you thinking, you know. And I mean, even like when we were in the movie theater, there's that part where, you know, T'Challa's like, we could still heal you, you know, from his wound when he when he stabs Killmonger with that, that, edge of the, that, that, that dagger. And he's like, we can still heal you. And he was like, I would. He was like, just like my ancestors, I would rather die in the ocean than live in bondage forever. Yeah, you know, it's a powerful it, message. It's one of it's the best a, lines in the movie. Yeah, and people clapped in our theater when they heard that because yeah. they were like, "That's that's a fucking brilliant thing." And that's one of the few things that I would really agree with them on, is that you know. Like, when, and not to be like, you know, because yet again, we're two white people. We don't understand anything about slavery because we didn't have to grow up with it. We were in a totally, we were, we grew up in the 80s, right? But the idea that you would have Africans selling other Africans off, you know, to be property to the white people who wanted to take them on ships. And you would have some of those slaves that are like, you're not going to put me in bondage. I'm going to die in the ocean. I will never be a slave for those people. Those that that takes a lot of bravery to be like I'm just gonna jump off the ship. Fuck it. I'm I'll drown. I'll, I'll die because I'm not gonna be a slave. I'm not gonna be a slave. Like that's that's a very ballsy mentality to have, you know. And I, uh, after that statement, I don't think there's anywhere else we can go in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> just watch Black Panther. It's fucking awesome. It's yeah. funny. It's a fucking treat for the eyes. It's basically just like two hours of eye candy because of all the cool shit in it. And also, eye candy from Lapita Nyong'o, Danai Guerrero. Everyone is you know? amazing in this movie. Letitia Wright, you know. Look beyond the hate, and this has been beyond the hate. Peace.